When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. stressed about like not being here anymore not knowing what was next it's um it felt I was excited for what was next but even though I didn't know but it's still stressful bro like not even being being away from Howard and stuff like that bro like we've been here for a minute bro since 2019 yeah yes. it's been a minute it's a long time we've been here bro it flew by with a quickness <laughs> it flew by like it felt like we blinked it was over but... like for real bro like it make me um it makes me Sad just because, you know, like, COVID took away. Yeah, it took away a, a lot. year and a half that we had. Big-ass chunk we had. Like, freshman year, like, that was that was our moment right there. I, I was, mean, oh, my God. That was our moment, bro. That was our moment right there. Like, we was we was babies, literally. Like, we was Howard babies. Mm-hmm. No facial hair, no nothing. First time away from home for all of us. For real, like... Living on your own, we you seventy five dollars a week. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> like, you gotta try to you know figure it out. Like, you, you got class, out. you got class, you got eight a.m. You got drinking. Like, <laughs> you trying to find yourself. That's that was like the most important time. That was growth, maturity. It really was, bro. Um, I think that coming to Howard, is something that I had to kind of learn how to be was, I had to, Howard taught me how to find who I was because for me, like growing up, um, I went to all black schools, like. In like grade school, my, my school was all black, but then high school was like a little more diverse, mm-hmm. and something. But it wasn't it wasn't a hell of black people. And something that I had to figure like in a high school, something that I really identified with was me being black. You know, that was something that was that stood out about me. One of the things that stood out about me 
Well, when you come to Howard, you don't have that advantage anymore. So I feel like for me, I had to find, I had to kind of go back in the, to the drawing board and feel like, and f- trying to figure out like, who who am I really outside of my blackness? But it's, it's what's weird because Howard taught me the importance of my blackness at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I that I learned, even when I wasn't at Howard, bro. Like sophomore year, I feel like just being a Howard student mm-hmm. still like affect, affected the things that I that I did. For sure, this place like forces you to think because like also it's like. Like you just said, like everybody here is black. So like people that do amazing things here, like they're all black. So it's like kind of like you find an identity within yourself, like the things you like to do. And then it just go on from there. But like, I get what you mean. Um, I grew up in Mississippi and like it's overwhelmingly black, like from middle school all the way to high school. Mm-hmm. When I moved to Texas, it was kind of like, it wasn't too, I don't have like a hard time adjusting to being around other races. Cause like I was raised, I guess to be, accepting of all people and understanding of yeah. all people but yeah it was like very hard going through that transition and also like when we adults now leaving Howard and then like we go to our internships and stuff like that like people just aren't used to what blackness is like just the natural just like you being you you black from where you're from like people aren't used to that like when I was in Wisconsin my internship like me having braids showing up in Yeezys and all this crazy stuff like people looking at me like I'm an alien like, for real they never seen nothing like that not in a bad way like yeah. they were judgmental but just like where is this guy from like this guy is like cool we gotta get around we gotta get next to him it's just like our culture is contagious naturally it is contagious bro I think that's something that Howard made me even more proud of like in whatever space I go into like whether if it's white or black like like they gonna know that I went to Howard, and they gonna know that I'm proud. Not only that I went to Howard, but that I'm a, that I'm a black man. Yeah, you know, you're achieving everything because my mom always said, when you come in, when when us black men are born into this world, we're born with a target on our back. Straight up. So everything that we do, we're under a microscope. Everybody's already thinking like, oh, they see they see black men like myself with tattoos, braids, all that, dress good. Oh, he's just another nigga. He he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But then I got to show them different. It was like when I applied, when I worked at my internship at Houston Methodist over the over the past summer, the doctor was like, okay, I know you have tattoos. I know you have tattoos and everything, but I want you coming in dressed up in a suit and tie so they know that you're just not another nigga. Like he told me straight like that. Like he went from, okay, I'm gonna talk to you like- This was a black dude. Black dude, okay. Dr. Anthony Brissett. Shout out to him, he's a hell of, hell of a doctor, hell of a person. And he just told me like, you have to, you have to show them that you're just not another nigga, that you're, that you're smart. So whenever you walk into a building that you have on your suit and tie, they're looking at you different. They're not just thinking that you're just another nigga that's out here not doing shit. Yeah, bro, that's powerful, bro. I feel like no, nobody else got to deal with it with something like that, bro. Like, we, yeah. we really got to, like, make sure that we present ourselves in a proper way. Yeah, I think it's a very unique experience being a black man. It's like our appearance is, like, demonized in a sense, like, White men don't ever get haircuts. If we just keep it honest, like they don't never, care about haircuts never. or nothing like that. Like white men don't be caring about haircuts. Like black men, like my mom, we call me on the phone. Like, yeah, you graduated now. Like you can't show up to work looking like you're in a rap video. You gotta cut your hair. You have to do this. Like we have to do all these things. I guess to be accepted in like a corporate space, not just like a white space, but just like a corporate space, just like with people that are not like our race to accept us and, and like understand it. I guess, but and I tell my mom all the time, it's just like. I can't really control like what I do, like how I look like. I just like to look like how I look, what makes me comfortable. Facts. Like, a white dude wants to wear his hair 
it's long, like it's like he's George Kittle or somebody, you know what I'm saying, with a big scruffy beard. Why can't I do the same? I just probably got dreadlocks. He has straight hair, like that's it. So it's really like the thing. It's just like our appearance is just we have to make sure at some point before we even open our mouths, because as you said, we already got a target on our back. People already think they got an idea, but it's already already bro. facts. Ray, do you think that anybody was was judging you at, at your internship? I feel like. I feel like yes and no, but it was like me showing them that I was smart. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be one of the, in the first cohort of HBC, HBCU students to, to join the Houston Methodist um, DEI. Wow. I was, I was one of the, the first five. Damn. That's, that's real. And I, I'm the only, I'm the only man in there and I'm hell, I'm coming from Howard. Like that's a, that's a stigma. Everybody always telling me like when I'm there, like, oh yeah, what's the real HU? Howard, HU, you know, like yeah, Howard, we, we the Howard we the best, like we're we're stepping. So yeah. I gotta like I gotta show them that I deserve to be here. And like they, the doctor, Doctor Bassetti also told me he said, like I came I came one day the first my first day I had a ponytail, mm-hmm. and then the next week I had I had twisted my hair. Yeah, he was like, he was like, it's nothing wrong with what you what you got on right now, like your hairstyle, but when it comes to a professional setting, you can't have those twists in your hair. Like he said, he said, back when I was in college, I had a full hair, full head of dreads. But another doctor told me, when you go into your meeting, in order to, um, like during your, your med school interviews, they're gonna tell you, like you, have, you need to cut your hair. Like you have to have like a fresh, clean, you gotta be fresh, clean cut. Or else they're gonna look at you different. And I, that's one thing I do not like. And that's one thing that I, I definitely do wanna change is like, it shouldn't matter about your hair, the way you look, if you have tattoos, as long as you're you're presenting yourself in a professional manner and you're the best man for the job. And you, and you show that? And you show that, it sh- it shouldn't mean a thing. Like not at all. I'm bro. still gonna I'm still gonna help the next person. Like when you're going into the medical field, you're going in because you wanna help somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you wanna you wanna help influence influence everybody. Exactly. Right? So I just I just think like that. That stigma of that should change. I agree. And even even though um, he also told me he said when I first started out, I didn't even put my picture on my page. Mm. I worked with a lot of black doctors over the over that summer. They told me they was like I didn't even put my picture up on my page because I know the white people wouldn't come. You catching them by surprise when you don't put your picture on there, but they see all your accolades. They see oh he's the best. He's the best. I love that. I love that so much, and then bro. You, so then when they come up there, they you didn't blew their mind and then you you drawing that connection with them you creating that connection you're helping them and all of a sudden like now you can put your picture up there because now they see uh he's not just a ghetto nigga now he's somebody that i know is trying to help me exactly and you know and i i hate that that something as like as simple as in the way that our hair grows makes them look at us as less than a human bro exactly like it's crazy, and, and you anyway. Hold on, in case y'all, like your your story like made me think of like my uncle. Like he 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 worked at he's an engineer at the airport. But when he first got the job, like his when he interviewed he interviewed on the phone, and they ain't know he was black. And he he talked about all that he did great on his test, like hella good, like one of the best. And then he got there and he was like, oh you're you're oh I thought I thought he was somebody else. Exactly. This made him this made him look stupid, and it's like oh okay like I'm actually. I'm I'm at, I'm black and I'm and I'm good at this and I'm gonna show you why and it don't matter how my hair is like straight up it don't matter exactly. if I got earrings dreads twists I'm gonna show exactly. you what's up. That's the best way 
So you was teaching? Yeah, I was a teacher of Seafoot uh, Center for Urban Teaching in Milwaukee. So it's basically mm-hmm. like these Christian charter schools, and it's like bringing in kids for the summer, like getting them off the streets and stuff like that. Like, cause you know Milwaukee, a big thing with the kid boys, and that's the like age level that I was really teaching and yeah. really getting to know. Like eleven to like thirteen, just like kids out there stealing cars all day. That's what they was really known for. Documentaries yeah. all over TikTok last summer. Like it was really crazy during that time. Hondizing kids is definitely getting snatched up. But, like, and I'm teaching the kids that's, like, actively out there doing it. But these, like, kids were very smart. They're just, like, actual kids. Actually, once you get to know them, and especially, like, for a kid, like, teaching is something I'm, like, I'm an econ major. Like, teaching is something that, like, you can do automatically when you got to college. I do have somewhat of a passion for it, but I know that it's not as rewarding. So I feel like I can help my community and young black men in other ways. But it was very impactful to see that, like, I can actually do something in the classroom. And I still get job offers from them today. Like, and I'm very cool with the director and who's now president of Seafoot, Miss Portia Hunter. Great woman. Um, in her interview, she was like, I think you're perfect for it. Um, also, my team was very nice. It was with Miss Jasmine Bryan. She's moving up within the organization as well. Um, so, 
I had a lot of strong black women around me too. Just yeah. like you're what these kids need. Like I said, it's only four of us black men in the whole group, and that's what we're teaching black students. So it's like it's only four black men out of like hundreds of interns, and we're teaching black students in the inner city of Milwaukee. So it was just like a great experience. My kids love me. I love my kids. It was sad leaving them. <laughs> they be telling me to hop on a game sometimes. <laughs> me at six in the morning. <laughs> like please stop it, Cam Lorenzo. All my kids, but yeah, it was fun. Like they got to see somebody that looked like them and actually know that, like, hey, you can make it out. Like you could do something. Right. Like, and I'm not just sitting up here like any other person. Like I can relate to you. I know what you go through. Like, same struggle, same everything. And then also Milwaukee got a strong connection to Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? Great migration, Chicago, Milwaukee. Everybody, that train route go right up yeah, there. Yeah, everybody from Mississippi too. So it was just like it was cool. I was really, I was really in a place where I was able to connect with the kids and really do my job. Bro, that's dope, bro. Like, you made me think about how, like, a lot of, like, in education today, a lot of teachers look at black students, particularly black male students, as, like, as, like, little demons. Yeah. You know, they uh, look at them as, like, they, they can't be taught. Like, what do you, what do you feel like, what do you feel like made, made them easier to teach for you? Okay, I'm gonna say this. This is crazy. Easier to teach? Like, okay, like, they teach you, like, like, with the training and, like, the lesson plans to teach by the book. But really, man, I can't lie. Rap songs, man. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Your mama always cut into you. You know what I'm saying? You know that schoolwork, like, you know that little dirt. That young boy, <laughs> you get it. And rap songs, bro, like, when we would have little times to, like, go off, like, I'm like, all right, y'all, you relate this to this, you relate this to this. And then just talking to them, like, kids have a lot of questions. They're very inquisitive beings. They are. They're trying to figure out what the world is. We kind of have a concept. We not grown. So it's just like... They just ask a lot of questions, just talking to them, relating to them on stuff that they actually like, and just like relating the lesson plans to stuff like in real life. Just like, all right, it was something I had to teach them about potato form. And I'm like, all right, y'all, I can't break this down on this potato form and jargon. How many of y'all like French fries from McDonald's? <laughs> like, that's it. All right, so if this don't happen and then they have a shortage on this, you ain't gonna get no fries at McDonald's. Fries at McDonald's gonna be $10 if this potato field go out. So then that's when they're like, oh, for real, Mr. Martin? And that's when they catch on. And like in the breaks, you know what I'm saying? There's little songs, stuff like that. Playing with them, like stuff like that too. Like actually showing them that you care. Like you gotta interact with your kids. You can't just like say, hey, read this, read this, read this. And then once you go on break, y'all get y'all a little time off or whatever. Just sit there, eat your lunch, and not talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Right, build that connection. I'm going out there playing football with them. Like, oh, who your favorite receiver? Who this? Who this? You know what I'm saying? Hooping with them. <laughs> Playing one on five, one prime shack against some fifth graders. That's like a great experience, bro. Bro, it was. It was very rewarding. I can't lie. Like I can't. That, that's so dope, bro. And that's great insight, bro. Cause I feel like sometimes teachers, like I said earlier, they they kind of demonize black black children, and it's like you got to you you can't just force them to learn a certain way. You know, you gotta you gotta meet them in the middle. It's like. You're not gonna make a whole lesson plan based off of a rap song, but but you gotta incorporate so some of that stuff that that they're familiar with, and yeah, and in, in, into the lesson plan. You know, you gotta like talk about real life experiences. You know, because a lot of these a lot of these kids, you know, like they already be out in the street and shit like that. Yeah. So you know, they if if, if they've been stealing or something, whatever, like you know, if, if they've been more desperate, you know, you gotta maybe talk about real world concepts about just stuff in the city or something that they used to. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, I also yeah, like another thing is like I tried to relate to them stuff they used to in the city, like Milwaukee, like their music taste is very crazy, bro. For real? And, yeah, like their music taste is very crazy. They like a lot of Chicago artists, but they like got their own rappers and stuff like that, and they got their own type of dancing called low end dancing. Low end dancing? Yeah, bro. 
it's like kind of like you do like this and all this like it's like hand movements you know what i'm saying mm. and stuff like that it's called low hand dancing that they be doing out there another thing that helped me though was a lot another howard student actually the other only howard student that was in there with me actually is a girl from chicago uh she ran for miss soe this year i don't know if you know casey casey bostick I'm, I've probably seen her. Yeah, Instagram she ran for Miss SOE this year. She was a good teacher. And, like, she helped me a lot, like, as far as, like, lesson plans and stuff like that. She was cool. It was good to have somebody from Howard in my, inter- in my internship. For sure. Bro, that's super cool, bro. I definitely, I'm definitely going to think about what you said, bro, because I definitely feel like we need, we need to actually start teaching these, yeah. these, these kids in the right way, because when you look at education numbers and stuff like that, things are going down, bro. Like, a lot of you, like, in San Francisco, like, it was something crazy, like, only 15% of, like, 8th graders are reading at 8th grade level, bro. Like, like most of them are reading at, like, a 3rd or 4th grade level. Like, I got to look at the stat again, but it was something like that that was just horrible, bro. And I used to um, work at Safeway. I always talk about Safeway on the podcast, but it was so important for my mm-hmm. life because I worked in a black neighborhood, and, like, mm-hmm. I used to see a lot of them kids running, running up in the store and stealing and stuff like that, and it's, like, as much as adults will want to, like, demonize the kids and be like, oh, these, these kids are horrible, like, we're sending them to juveniles, it's like, bro, like, that's that's the problem. We're not even trying to understand. Or teach. Exactly. These, or teach, or or teach, teach them. Or teach them. Like, just teach them. And like I said, like, being a teacher is very rewarding. It's just that, like, I know it's just, like, not economically feasible and, like, something that I can just see myself doing for the rest of my life. But I do want to, like, help. I really feel that, like, a great joy in helping young black men and little girls I had, too. Just like me, bro. Like, just helping them anyway. Just letting them know, like, hey, all right, y'all. Y'all can do this. Y'all can be smart. Y'all can go to school. Like, it don't matter which. Because you don't know, like, what these kids be going through at home either, bro. Like Exactly. Just, these kids just show up to school and, like, they try to teach them about the books. Once teaching them about the books don't work, they kind of just write them off. Always in to detention. Always. Pushing like, them by the wayside. Yeah, pushing them by the wayside. Never really helping them. So, like, really, if we want to see change, we got to start with the children, bro, because we all going to get old, you know what I'm saying? We all set in our ways. We never going to change, so we got to change them. We got to help their mind grow. Exactly, bro. We cannot let them fall behind, and it's because, like, I don't I don't know about the kids there, but how many of them had, had even had a black teacher before? Like, some of them don't even be having black teachers, bro. I don't know. I even had a black teacher. Like, I can't, I can't even remember having a black teacher. Like, you don't really learn, like, when you're growing up in school, I didn't really learn any black history for like you you'll know a little bit about Rosa Parks, you know, she sat in the yeah. back of the bus. Like that that's all they tell you. Like, okay, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you're not hearing anything else. I've learned more in my four years at Howard. Actually, my freshman year at Howard, I learned more than my entire time ever in ever in school. <laughs> learning black history. And that it was like it was a shock because it was like so much that that they're just whiting out, they're whiting out their sins. I, I think J. Cole said that. Like, they, they're, they're whiting out their sins. Oh, my God. And that is so crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Whitening out their sins. That's so true, bro, because they be trying to act like ain't none of this stuff happening. Like, you ain't never seen them talk about Malcolm X. Like, at all. Like, ever, bro. They, they paint him as a, as a demonic figure and stuff like that, and... All that, all that, all that garbage about him being militant, wanting to kill people—all that's yeah. bullshit, bro. Like, exactly. yeah, people just don't listen. I can say this though, like, growing up. Okay, I grew up like, dang, I'm a country boy, man. I grew up in Lafourche County, Greenwood, Mississippi, the first like 11, 12 years of my life. So, being black, you said Greenwood, Mississippi. Yeah, 
Bro, there's when I was at Johns Hopkins last week, there was a girl from Greenwood, Mississippi. Dude, that's crazy. She went to um, I forgot the high school she went to, but she, she was talking about how like the education system was horrible. Greenwood High School, probably. Yeah. Greenwood High School, where it was like those are the only two we got in the county. But I actually just did a paper on this in my intro to Black Politics class for the summer, um, talking about just like education reform in Mississippi. But basically, like Mississippi, ever since integration has come about whites don't go to public school. So the whites in the public school system vanish. If you looked up any, just Queen Point County in Mississippi, and you look at its public school system, 98% or higher of the inhabitants of that public school system are black. And the dropout rate for the 2% that are white or other races is extremely high. Either they're there for a transition semester because they couldn't get into the private academies that are within the counties, or like they're just gonna drop out anyway. So white people like ever since 1969 in Mississippi have sent their children to private school, like, they send their kids to private school. They got to get on a flavor plan, however it goes. They send their kids to private school. The like little like speck you see where there are whites within the public school system is, in my county at least, is for one school, Bankston Elementary School, which is on the northernmost side of the city, which is the most affluent area of the city. Mm-hmm. So it's black kids that do go there because their parents are affluent enough to send them there. But once those kids hit sixth grade, they don't go to Greenwood Middle, which is the only middle that we have. And then so because of this, these schools are severely underfunded. They've been underfunded by $3 billion or more since 2008. $3 billion? $3 billion or more. And also, because these schools are underfunded, the legislators, the lawmakers of the state of Mississippi, their children don't attend public schools, so these public schools don't get that funding, causing the county, like the county school system back home where I'm from, Greenwood Public School District had to become one with the LaFleur County School District because they didn't had to pool their money together to put all the school systems together. So now the county schools and the city schools are all together as one under the LaFleur County School District, except for just Greenwood City Public School District because they don't have enough money to keep running. Like, they always in the deficit. Bro, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, so, like, oh but God. back to the point of just, like, about knowing black history. I grew up, you know what I'm saying? My my folks is from the same plantation. Emmett Till got killed on, you know what I'm are saying? Are you serious? Sure? Yeah, that's my grandma, um... That's my grandma cousin through marriage. Like, like they, they they was in the same plantation that Emmett Till's family came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, out there in uh, Money, Mississippi, still in Fort County. Uh, the help and stuff was shot out there. Robert Johnson, blues musician, died out there. B.B. King. So, like, being black from the South, you kind of, like, know your history because it's ingrained in you. That's Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, all that stuff. I was actually just watching Fanny the TikTok. Lou. I was just watching the TikTok today about Fannie Lou Hamer testimony against the Supreme Court where Lyndon B. Johnson cut her off to announce the nine-month anniversary of somebody getting shot next to, what's her name? Not who his vice president is going to be after nine months of the president getting assassinated, but to announce that somebody it's a nine-month anniversary of somebody getting shot just because he didn't want somebody to hear a testimony. So, I mean, we just been through a lot, like, back home in Mississippi, so we just kind of, like, always in tune our blackness. It's just a, more so to the fault, like, because the system is so beat down and against this, you don't really see no real change from the people that's from there. You got to kind of leave to blossom. You yeah. like really speak on for that what's girl going saying. on. Yeah, like you don't really see the change in house. And if it is some change in house, they're gonna run you out for real because the system is so predominantly like just structured. I had we didn't had the same mirror since I was eight years old, same sheriff since I was eight, six, seven years old. Ricky Banks probably was sheriff before I was born. Ricky Banks been sheriff for a long time. I'm about to look that up right now. You yeah, said Ricky Banks been the sheriff of LaFleur County for a long time. Carolyn McAdams been the mayor of LaFleur County for a long time. That's crazy. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about to look that up right now, bro. That's actually crazy, bro. Yeah, like, it's not no change. Like, it's the same people still making the same policies. Wait, I see. Oh, he said he won't seek another term. Well, 
After 40 years? After 40 years. And you know another thing? You know another thing? Ricky Banks didn't bring charges against the lady that lied on Emmett Till. He didn't bring no perjury charges. That was a big thing. Because Emmett Till's murder happened in LaFleur County. The lady who just died, who lied on him, Ricky Banks never brought charges against her. And it's been proven (laughs) that she lied about it. Yeah, for Carolyn Bryant. She actually yeah. she she passed away like yeah, she just passed away this, this year. year. Yeah. Ricky Banks never brought charges against her. He's been the sheriff of Latour County for that long. After forty years. I'm telling you, that's oh, he's seventy five. You know he races as hell, bro. Like, dude, that's crazy. Like in their ways, and they, it will never change. Like it's never gonna change, man. Like we have all these laws saying like how racism is illegal, but it, racism is still going on. Oh hell to, yeah! To this day, like. Like we're still seeing people being hung. We're seeing systemic racism. Like, yeah, the systemic racism is kind of like the thing. Like growing up in Mississippi, like you don't really like know. Like, damn, I don't got no resources for real. Like, it don't ever click. Cause like, basically, like I said, you get written off. And like all the people in Mississippi that still there, bro. Like they kind of just accepted the fact. Like, oh, I ain't gonna be shit. Like I'm gonna just get a job in Milwaukee too. It's just the best my life gonna get. Like I want smart. I want this. I want that. Like they really write themselves off. And then like also, if you try to make some change, it's not really like not too many people like with enough resources to make the change. People that do have the resources, like because of the craziness, the violence, and all of that, they kind of shutting it all down. Like my family on the restaurant, they gotta shut it down. Like people be getting shot all the time. Like oh, it's some crazy drama going on, and we don't really have no like events or nothing to like do. We don't got no YMCA. We don't got no place for people to go. But that's one of the biggest things, bro. Like something that I was kind of writing down recently was like instead of like you ain't even gotta put hello hella stuff in the hood. You just gotta give them stuff to do. You gotta give the kids stuff to do. Just give them a recreation center. Like give them some like a park, something somewhere where they can play at and, and yeah. instead of doing something else, you know, that's what like we fail to do that. This is simple stuff, bro. And it's just time really honestly. You don't even need that many resources, bro. You can get you you and your homies can come up, get you $150, go buy y'all some basketballs, go buy some nets, because the parks, the Broadview Park, they ain't had no nets since I don't know how long. Just go get you some basketball nets, put the basketball nets up, get you some cones, get you some like this. Hey, y'all, come to the park every day. I'm going to have some quarter waters out there for y'all. I'm going to have some little water out there, a little sandwich, like just get the kids off the block. Nobody do that, bro. Instead, ain't going to lie. People just like, you know what I'm saying? They're putting guns in the kids' hands instead of a book. You know what I'm saying? Kids are just not... They don't. They never been shown love or just like any genuine compassion, not from their parents at home because they not caring, or just the people that you send them to school to every day. They don't care. So it's just like it one person I can't I can't commend because he's really trying to help help black students. LeBron, that mm. that I promise school like he's he's trying to he's trying to build black people up. Like if you can't afford to go to that school, he's providing scholarships, all of that. Like he's he's trying to. He's trying to enhance the next generation. He's trying to make us all great. And me and Keyshawn were just talking about this the other day. Whenever whenever a black man is, like, he's rich, he's he's successful, he has a platform, and they try to do good in their hood, they always end up dying. We were just talking about Nipsey Hussle. We were just talking about... Young Dolph. We were just talking about Young Dolph. Yeah, man. Like It's, like, also, like, with... I guess, like, people also, like, we be killing each other over such trivial things as black people, and we got to realize, like... Who our real enemy is, and I'm not using this platform to spread hate or anything. I'm not saying like a casual white person is my enemy. Just like, that's, that's just real. Like yeah, like I'm saying like another thing. I think that gets a loss in translation. Like 
me being a black man, me being vocal, saying like I may use a general concise term, white people or something like and that. And people will think you're talking about like, yeah, 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 your like, average white person. Yeah, like, like nah, bro, you a teacher or like you work at Kroger's, you ain't doing shit to affect my life. You just white and living like me. Shit, we probably go through the same economic issues and like these two people right here, Martin Luther King and I also like spent a lot of time in Memphis running up Black History Museum, Lorraine Motil, they turned that into the Black History Museum. Mm-hmm. I used to go there all the time. Um, him, his last speech, bro, it's about economic reform. It's about getting rights for sanitation workers. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about that. And when Malcolm X, when he came back from his pilgrimage through Africa, spending time with diplomatic leaders Mm -hmm. over there, what was he talking about? Economic reform. When we realize that, I mean, you know. World economic reform, trying to Africa and the United States. World economic reform. It's not really no black or white thing. It's not being that when these two men shook hands in his picture right here and we went from second class citizens to first class citizens and was able to control who makes our policies. It's just that now, like I said in Mississippi, people don't vote because they don't know and they're uneducated and it's not no real reform. It's no like economic reform. All the money that has been given to the government to like put in place these things that help us in our community is being embezzled or going God knows where. Exactly. So when you start talking about the real issues, Brett Favre. Exactly. Yeah. Brett Favre. Yes. Perfect example. Yes. yes. When you start talking about the real issues of really what's going on and how it's more so about your pockets and your economic status in America more than anything, that's when they come to get you. I'm not gonna lie. That's when they come to get you. That's like, right. Fred Hampton, Malcolm X, Nipsey, Young, or whoever, like they're gonna come get you. It might be a person that look like you, it might be a person that's white, it might be a person that's whatever, but that's when they're gonna come get you. Bro, sure. that's that's the realest thing because like Martin Luther King, like they was they was letting them do all the all the I have a dream stuff, all the all the unity stuff. Um but but once you start talking about money, because in, in his in his speech with NBC in nineteen sixty seven, he said America got integration at a bargain price. They didn't have to pay nothing. America, they just had to pass a civil rights bill. They didn't have to pay. They didn't have to pay nothing. Black people actually started spending money at white stores and white institutions because they were able to. Now exactly. he got. They got at a bargain price. But once he started talking about, he had a, a video I saw. Like he's like he was talking about. Like, we need land. Like mm-hmm. like we need resources, bro. Exactly. And when he started talking about that stuff, when he started talking about Vietnam, more messing with the United States economic interests, they got him. Because once you start talking about the money, is when they is when they get you. Because that's what actually fucking what matters. Is. And they try to make it seem like it's all black and white, man. Fred Hampton, another great black man. Fred Hampton, man, he unified all of Chicago. Anybody from Chicago that had a grievance against the political system that was in place, he's unifying them all together. They demonized the Black Panthers as if they were like like this most terrible thing in the world. These people were about economic and social reform. They weren't about black and white. Oh, I'm black. I'm better than you. It's not black supremacy. Exactly. It's literally, let's create a better American space for all of us and create something that's equitable, an equitable society. Not an equal society, but an equitable society. Bro. They hate They hate when a black man with, with a platform and power tries to teach generational health, wealth, and prosperity. Mm-hmm. They, they hate it whenever we do that because they want us to kill ourselves. <laughs> like, like, like for real. Like, why do you like drugs, guns? We have a liquor store on every corner, and well, that's by design, bro. That's, like, by design. that's, that's they, by design. They want us to kill ourselves. They want us to. They want us to look like fools on TV. Like they, they like. Oh, that's just another dumb nigga. Bro, Raymond, bro, you ain't you ain't never seen no drugstore, no strip club, no 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 anything that, like U Street in a white neighborhood, bro. You yes. don't see that. Like you go over there by University of Maryland, you don't see none of that. You don't see none of that at all. Like you don't see nothing at all. It's like, like you're in a different part also of town. Also, another thing, it's kind of like boys in the hood. I'm gonna quote the great Furious Styles. 
How do you think the drugs and the guns getting over here, bro? I don't own no plane to go to Panama. Dude, it's right, right in our face, bro. $1,200 to go up in there and buy an assault rifle. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? How do you think the drugs and the guns are getting on here? And then also, with the legislation, look at Chicago. Chicago is the street with the most guns on it. It's so illegal to have a gun in Illinois. Like, you have to go through so much to get it. So it's just like, it's not the legislation. I'm from Texas. Like, if it's no gun laws at all. Literally, it's like, right. what law can you refer to to get a gun now? It's like, if you're 18, you don't have a felony, you can buy it. That's it. Whatever gun you want. And you can carry it openly whenever you want to. You can carry it concealed wherever you want to. So it's like, people, boy, but I'll be more, like, in fear of my life in Chicago. Right. Where no one is supposed to have a gun. No one is supposed to, <laughs> yeah. supposed to quote, unquote. Supposed to, quote, unquote, have a gun. So I just like, I don't know, man. Like, like the Black Panthers exemplify for sure when Ronald Reagan was governor of the state of California. Yeah, governor from 67 once, to 75. Exactly. Once black people get guns and we all have legally owned firearms, that's when it changed. That's, that, when, that's, that's when the gun reform came, bro. Yeah, that's when that's it started when coming. California was like, oh, no guns. No <laughs> guns at all. No guns for it's Negroes. Like they don't want they don't want black people to have an inch because once we get that inch, we couldn't take a mile. We couldn't take a mile because it's like we've been counted out so much that now we trying to take a stand. Exactly. And another thing is like only black in this country, it's like I'm not like we well in a sense like you like stripped us of our identity. I mean, like I said, I love and appreciate being from the South more than anything because, like, you kind of know your roots. This is where everybody who's black kind of, like, just blossomed into kind of. Mm-hmm. Unless you, like, from New York and you don't trace your ancestry back to Yeah, but hey, we are from the South. But everybody, I, like, blossomed out of the South. Every time I meet a person, I, every time I meet a black person, like, from the city, I'll be like, where are your grandparents from? Yeah. It's usually from the South. It's usually, like, from the South. So, like, you kind of know who you is. So I don't be like, I'm tripping my identity because I know it. But, like, for an average black person from another place, like, they don't even really know their identity. Like, you didn't strip them of their identity. You strip them of their name, race, all that. So now when we're trying to, like, find our identity in America, just like you, just like any other race or any other society, it's kind of like they won't let us or allow us to do that systemically. And that's kind of like the have. worst problem, you know what I'm saying? That's really the worst problem. They want us stuck in a box. Stuck in a box, for sure. And that's the thing, bro. Like, after slavery ended, bro, like, you, you have, you have, you, you release a whole group of people, 98% of them cannot read or write, mm-hmm. and you give them no resources, mm-hmm. even the Freemans, bro, which was supposed to help black people from 1865 to 1872. There was so much corruption, embezzlement. They took so much money out of that. So, it, it, Howard is actually like a foundation is because of the Freemans, bro. Like all that stuff, that's that's just getting out of slavery. Don't even get me started on the years after slavery where black people did build all black towns like Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, all all that stuff, bro. Like and they just straight up destroyed them, bro. Even even in the nineteen fifties, like the the nineteen fifty six Highway Commission Act, which which they had to build highways to connect the white people who was moving out to the suburbs after World War II to the city because they was moving away from the city because black people started moving into the city. And where do you think they built these highways through? They built them right straight through black communities, destroyed thriving black communities, thriving black businesses. So when people talk about systemic racism, those are examples of systemic racism, bro. Like, people will think that, like, Racism is just like me, me calling you a nigger or something like that, bro. It's, it's a lot. It goes I just way find my person in black politics. Yeah, it's not just you calling me a nigger. That's might have racial intent, but that's just more so a sign of your prejudice. You can't actively be a racist unless you write laws that's 
systemically hurt me and my people. That's mm-hmm. the thing. That's what racism is. Like, I don't care if you look. I'm from Mississippi, bro. You think I ain't been called a nigga before? You think you're going to make me come out of my character to call me, like, like call me out of my name? No, that's just your bias and ignorance being displayed. You're not actively harming my life. You still not going to have no teeth in your mouth and live in a trailer once you get done. Hey, bro, I'm God. So it's like, I don't really care about that. But like you just said with the uh, Highway Commission Act and stuff like that, like, it's more so systemic than anything. And I lost my train of thought for a second. Wait, there's, there's something I wanted to add. Like, okay, Joe Biden, bro. Like, there is a senator named Strom Thurmond who was from, I forgot which which state he was over. But he served, he's the longest serving Senate member ever. He served for 48 years in the Senate. He died when he was like 102. Like, he died like in 2002 or something like that, around that time. You know, like, he was one of the most racist senators in the history of the United States. Like, racist as hell. Like, and when he was senator in the 1960s, he was blocking all the civil rights legislation, bro. Like, racist as hell. Guess who gave his eulogy when he died? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. That's crazy. Joe Biden also was a part of the Super Predator Act. Like he was part of that, bro. Yeah. Like the, the, 19, the 1994 crime bill. Yeah, when they was calling inner city black youth super predators. How the fuck am I a super predator? When they giving us guns and drugs. Exactly. When you're the one supplying my hoods with crack and guns. But another thing I was getting to, I was gonna get to was like, uh, let's talk about the Highway Commission Act. We was talking about like businesses that businesses. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, slavery. You was talking about slavery. Another thing that people don't realize is the black code. So like you just said, ninety eight percent illiterate. It's literally illegal to know how to read, cute, or hang from Ohio. Ninety eight percent illiterate. Literally. Also, you infiltrate these black codes and you remove federal troops from the south. Eighteen seventy seven, bro. All federal troops them all. from the south, so we can create our own laws. Then you create these black codes. Oh yeah, you don't have a job. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. You're going to jail because the Thirteenth Amendment states that you are not to be a slave or like a slave or enslaved unless you are guilty of committing a crime. So now when is the crime not to work for you? Exactly. Even if you have $100,000, you need to have a job. You need to have a so job. So you're going to work. And that's what I'm saying. For like, pennies slavery, on the dollar. Slavery, yeah. Like, exactly. bro, like, I'm from Mississippi, bro. Like, I'm real proud of it. Like, slavery still basically existed, bro. Sharecropping. Sharecropping is fucking you work for credit like that's literally it and you don't even come out like you having more kids to fucking work like when i tell you all my grandma like they got 17 kids oh this auntie got this many kids because fucking y'all gotta work to get ahead exactly like i have to work to literally get ahead like y'all have to literally borrow to work to get ahead and the thing is like when they sharecropping they wasn't even taught how to read bro they wasn't taught how to do none of that stuff my great-grandfather was a sharecropper Mm -hmm. he was from arkansas and he died not knowing how to read Mm -hmm. and he died like like two thousand one, mm-hmm. like it's it's crazy, bro. Like they really, they they held us back so much and stuff like that. And people people always like one of the things that uh, like white people will always say like in the comment section on Instagram is like, why are you bringing race into this? What what does that have to do with race? Like, bro, this country was built on race, race. bro. This is, second of all, this country was built by black people. Exactly. Like, like straight like, up, they're not, they're not ready to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. It just be like. I know, like, even as a black man, like, even though there's all the shit my people have been through, like, I don't, if I can have enough integrity in me and enough intellectual integrity to just, like, an emotional integrity to just, like, read all this history and know all this stuff about my people and our struggles and not go out and just, like, hate white people every day, you should feel the same or be able to listen to a white person. You should feel the same, like, of another person. Like, that's the thing with me. I agree. so aggravates me more than anything because you could be the most racist person in the world. You can have whatever beliefs, but you got to at least listen understand exactly. that's it more than anything because like if anybody should be mad motherfucker it's us yeah, like, bro, we should be the ones who mad bro. Around, they motherfucking chest poked out mad it should be us because ain't nothing been taken from you everything has been taken from us and that's the thing i was having a conversation with my homie yesterday like 
oftentimes when like somebody gets killed by the police or something like that, they'll they'll always be first. They'll they'll always be like they'll always be like, okay, what was he doing? What, what was exactly, he doing? Exactly. And I feel like that kind of makes up for the for, for the white guilty conscience instead of like instead of it happening because of because of us, mm-hmm. it's their fault. It's their fault. Like they they forced my hand. They made me kill him. They wanted to act ignorant and belligerent. Exactly. Unless you actively shooting a gun, I didn't see a white man with a point of AK at the police officer as close to me. I'm standing to you, and they still found a way to tase him in this arm. That's so great. Oh, they trained to do like, that. They're hey, trained man, for that. Let a, like, let a I didn't see a white man hold a like AK-47 this close to an officer's face, and the officer still found a way to tase him and get his gun from him. Like if a kid has that's a black man. That's sixty shots. Exactly. Exactly. They're shooting the shit out of you for no reason. Like a little kid having a toy gun. They're they're killing him, like we're just getting like killed. Like a, a, a little kid. Exactly, like they're just finding a way to try to take us off the map. Or yeah, like man, or like Trayvon Martin, man, like you could just be killed legally by a citizen, not even nobody that is like an upholder of justice, like a formal upholder of justice as a exactly. police officer. Like you could just be killed by a citizen and his suspicions, with or no like repercussions. with no repercussions. I mean, with a mod army, we finally seen justice in that sense. It's just like we're okay. We can't let keep letting these deranged white men roam around the neighborhood, and once they see a black man, and then they feel bro, like. even with the Ahmaud Arbery stuff, people there were people who were still saying he deserved it because he was walking around in a house that that was that was that wasn't built. That's what he was doing before they they chased him. He was like walking around some house that was under construction, like yeah. it was nobody there. He was just checking it out on some curiosity shit, yeah. like yeah. and. Bro, that's not a to get killed. exactly. It's not. That's not a reason to kill somebody, bro. Unless I'm a threat to public safety. I didn't see them detain people to shoot up malls. Like, bro, people be active shooters and still be getting detained. So, like, if a white man can walk into a building and literally take life at free will, like, I don't think nothing justifies a black man, even if he was stealing lead from out there. He <laughs> right. deserved to be killed. He deserves the right to have his day in court. It's like everything. I think that they, the country, literally, it's hundreds of, it's been hundreds of years of them not even viewing us as humans, so it's kind of hard just to get in their mind that we are experiencing the same thing. We are humans just like you. We, we have the same 24 hours yeah, as you. Same 24 we hours. We use the same, eat the same food. We all like, have It is no man. difference but the color of our skin. And even, th- even in that, that shouldn't matter. Bro, it shouldn't, bro. Even the whole concept of like, you was at that medical internship, bro. Like you had to, you couldn't even put your picture up, bro. Yeah. Couldn't even put your picture up because because you was afraid they was gonna look at you as less than a human, as if you was already like like a thug or something like that. Even though you got all these accolades behind your name. Yeah, and what what I did like about my internship too, I felt like I told them at the end of the internship I felt like they did it on purpose, but they they actually had no idea. But they put me into the ENT department, and I was with Dr. Brissett, and literally, the majority of the the ENT department was all black. Wow. Like, it was it was awesome. I was like, I was telling my mom, I was like, Mom, I think they did this on purpose. And I'm telling them about it. They was like, we didn't do this on purpose. I, I feel like, I, I said that was God. God was showing me, like, okay, if this is really what you want to do, I'm going to put you around black folks that's, that's doing it, that's doing the damn thing. And it's gonna, they're going to they're gonna take you in. They're going to embrace you because mm-hmm. they see that you're a young black male. You go to Howard University, tattoos, all that. You look just like us. We're gonna take you up under our wing. We're gonna try to push you in the right direction. We're gonna embrace you with open arms. That's what and, it has to be. And that it was that was such a fun experience. Like I just I just love that. I had I had a work mom and everything. Like everybody just loved it. Like it was just a fun experience. Just learning from black people, just seeing black excellence. And that's 
that's another thing about Howard. Like, it was just awesome coming to Howard, getting that black experience. Like, you're seeing blackness. You're seeing black excellence. Um, you're just surrounded about, you're surrounded by people, by black people that's striving for greatness. Who's motivated. That's motivated. That Motivate me. You're seeing everybody that's doing different things. Like, like you're seeing, you're seeing politicians, you're seeing political science majors, you're yeah. seeing economic majors, you're seeing biomed, pre-med, like, you're seeing business, music, and, art, like SOB, you're like seeing, everything, you're everything, like, finance, supply chain, like, like, like you you're going name, crazy. Like you, you name it. Like everybody's, everybody's, they're making their own mark. They're making their own legacy in their own ways, and it's it's awesome seeing that. Like it's just like wow, we're we're really out there doing it. We're out there spreading our wings. We're out there, we're out there doing what us black folks in the past couldn't do. Facts, bro. Like, we have that opportunity to continue to grow and prosper like that that's just an experience like i will never change like facts like howard howard can put us through everything the howard run around all of that i would never change that experience for the world and bro ever bro i, I wouldn't change it I, I would go through that 10 times out of 10 because i got to learn so much about not only me but my black history and establishing my blackness embracing my blackness embracing it that's something that I feel like makes us different. Like, bro, I promise y'all, like, when we go out into these spaces, us being from Howard is going to resonate. It's going to make us feel more powerful. Like, we're going to yeah. walk in a space and be like, yeah, I went to Howard. Like, like that's and they going to feel it. That's Even with other black people who didn't went to PWIs or something like that. Exactly. Like, they going to, bro, like, I'm, yeah, I'm for real. Like, yeah, like, when I made my LinkedIn, I put in there, I said, I said, my name is Raymond Murray. I'm, I'm from Houston, Texas. Like, my, I'm from the illustrious Howard University. The illustrious. I put, I put, I put, I put that in there. The 1867. The illustrious Howard University. That stigma, like, in everything that we do, that stigma of Howard University carries weight. Like, Howard, the name Howard University carries weight. You see that You see that in music. You see that in art. TV like, shows. TV like, shows, everything. Like, everybody wants to embrace Howard University. And facts, the fact that bro. we was able to go here, graduate, Graduate. Get that degree. Talk about it. The price went up. It, it really did, bro. Yeah, the price went up. Facts. Definitely. And bro, that's the thing. I just, outside of Howard, I, I want I want black people to go to HBCUs, period, bro. That's something that I really want black people to do. I don't care which school it is, bro, but I promise you the experience that you have here will prepare you so much for for the rest of the, for the rest of your life, bro. I will never ever forget this experience, bro. I it will always be a part of me forever, bro. I'm like the bond real. you build out here, bro. I can't lie. Like Howard, you find like your people for real, man. Like you know, what I'm saying we're gonna be locked in for the rest of our lives. Honestly, Drew Hall, people, yeah, Drew Hall, man. man. Drew Hall, Drew Hall, Drew Hall was a brotherhood. Like. It's a brotherhood, man. It's like. Yo, introduction, everything. You like first time away from home, and you gotta share space with all niggas. <laughs> all all, all, all niggas. niggas, all types of person. You gotta use the public rest. You gotta use exactly. the bathroom. Public yeah. restroom, bro. Like you gotta share a bathroom with these niggas. Y'all gotta share everything, like. And then y'all got like you know what I'm saying your little floor beefing, you know. Second floor up in this mug, yeah. man. Come on. Bro. I still used to come to the second floor though. You know I'm an honorable <laughs> member. Okay. <laughs> you wasn't a second floor. I'm an honorary member. I spent just as much time on the second as the third, but. Yeah. Um, Wait, no, uh, it's crazy. Remember, remember the time like we had uh, we had hung out it was like me, me, Tavian, Jared, Zarya, like, and then you had come in, you had came to my room. A few days after that, but you didn't know it was my room because Steve told you to pull up. Yeah, Steve was like, "Hey, bro, yeah, come downstairs." He was right next door to Steve. I and the, yeah, I was like two doors down from him. <laughs> then I opened the door. I was like, "Oh, it's oh, like... <laughs> my nigga Joe." Yeah, so I was going to watch a game. Oh, 
that type of shit, bro. Like second floor, like Drew Hall, man. Third floor, Drew Hall. Like we just around a bunch of everywhere, everywhere, bro. California, California. Like, Jerry's from the uh, Tavian's from Indiana, East yeah. from Cali, Flash East, and like exactly. Mississippi, Flash East, and like it's just so many niggas, so many personalities from everywhere. And building that lifelong bonds, bro. Like mm-hmm. Drew King stand up. I don't care what nobody, yeah, exactly. nobody gotta say. Like if you ain't never went through, if you ain't up, if you was a black man at Howard University. If you ain't never went through draw, you wasn't living right. You wasn't living right. <laughs> Man, bro, I be telling my homies who stayed in Cook, they be like, bro, like, Drew, that's, that shit looks weak, bro. I'm like, nah. It was so it's fun. Like, I ain't gonna lie, though. I remember my first day in Drew, bro, because I thought I applied to Cook. I was in book, <laughs> honestly. When I was going through the whole motion, bro, I was really going to enjoy my summer. I just graduated high school. Like, I ain't have my living situation right. Like, I just yeah. paid the little fee or whatever. And then, like, I'm like, all right, Drew Cook, wherever y'all put me up, put me. I seen they put me in Drew. I'm like, oh, yeah, Drew the better one, I think. Because it's named after such a prestigious yeah. person. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Drew, bro. Yeah, that's the better one, I think. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have my own bathroom and stuff. It's going to be cool. And then, bro, I pull up. What was I'm, like, bro? <laughs> I'm like, bro, that shit look like a Russian prison. Like, I'm going to go up in here. Drew Hall Penitentiary. Like that shit look like a prison bro that should be like an abandoned russian prison bro like, like it's it's like shaped like a box too it's shaped bro. like yeah. a box too like you like boxed in you got the courthouse then i just see a bunch of niggas moving in i'm like oh man so like oh what's your name i just like man i don't know what i'm gonna do so i remember i went to best buy on columbia road i'll never forget it was a nigga in here he was like yeah bro like Moved in a Drew, huh? He was like, Yeah, you go to Howard. Ooh, that's cool. I went to Howard. I was like, Oh, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, you went to Drew, huh? I was like, Yeah, bro. And he was like, Yeah, bro. Shit look weak right now, but trust me, bro. You're going to be with some lifelong buns. Uh, <laughs> and my mom was telling me that shit. She was like, Yeah, listen to me. He ain't talking about shit. But then, like, when I had left, like, when the pandemic hit, and I actually had to move all my shit out of Drew, man. I was sad. I had but that was, that was really sad, bro. Yeah, that was like, really sad. Storm, bro. We didn't get to get our whole year in Drew Hall. But I feel like memories. that, that, what did we get? We got maybe, like, a year and a little bit of a half. Like, like we a, got, like. Like, we got, we got, like, a first semester point five. Yeah, point like, five. We didn't like, even get spring. We didn't even get spring. Like we we left yeah, what like, like March. We yeah. got mm-hmm. spring break. March. We was supposed to be spring break. We never came. Back. Never y- came y'all back. remember? Y'all remember the first darty? Like, yeah. That, bro, that dark bro. That I remember darty so back, many niggas that shit was so lit. Like that. Yes, bro, that so darty was popping. Bro, I remember like, the, the the last darty like before the pandemic. So many niggas was like, I got class. I'm not finna go. Like, I, was, I, was, I was outside. I was outside. Yeah. I was outside too, bro. Like we really did not know what was about to happen, and it's crazy. That was really like that was the last like real. That was, that was like the last like Howard like H twenty three. Like that was that was the last time we was all clicked up because like we wasn't clicked up after that, bro. We wasn't clicked up after that everybody because like, everybody spread. Like I feel like that was Howard fault too because. We was definitely supposed to still be able to live on campus coming back. Mm-hmm. Cause I was I was waiting for my chance. I'm like I'm like oh I get to CHS towers. towers like I was trying to stay what? in towers. I was trying to stay bro. in towers too, but I'm like we was still gonna have that experience being on campus. Now now we come back everybody all out the way. Some people didn't even come back. So, some people didn't even come back until graduation. And I seen that like yeah. at graduation I was like damn I haven't seen you since freshman year. Like yeah. where the hell you been? I've been at home or I've been. I've been in Bumfuck, Maryland. Yeah, I've I've been I've been far out. Exactly, like taking these classes. Yes, bro. Really, this semester too, like this last spring semester, was the first time we actually had like I mean like 
class is really in person. Like, mm-hmm. all them shits in person. Like, really, if you wanted to, you could have shaped your schedule up to have all them shits online. Like, honestly. But I was, ha- I was happy with it, though. I was like, cool. Like, this is my last. This I was my happy. last hurrah. Until I hit pre-cal. I'm like, this <laughs> nigga did a test on paper. Zoom call me, please. Bro, the thing is, like, even though we haven't seen, like, a lot of the homies since freshman year, like, whenever I see a homie from Drew, bro, I always dap him up. Yes. Like, it's, it's really that respect, bro. It like, don't matter where you're from, though, bro. Like, people see me anywhere. Like, we was in, we was in Miami. I seen um his name. I just seen Rashad. He seen, he seen me. He's like, bro, you used to live in Drew. I was like, yeah. He's like, what's up, bro? Dap me up. Like, it's, bro, it's really a it's bond, a, it's bro. It's a bond. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. Like, like, lifelong, bro. Like, for real, bro. And I, one thing that makes me sad, though, is, like, we never got to say bye to dudes like Big Nate, bro. Yeah. Big Nate, yes. bro. Yeah, I was just talking about that nigga the other day, bro. Big Nate, bro. I never got the chance to say bye to my dog, Big Nate. Bro, Big Nate was one of the coolest niggas ever. Wherever you had in the world, Big Nate, he'll be here to shout to you. Bro. Like, yeah. like, for real. Much love, for sure. Chilling. I hope you safe. I hope you chilling, bro. Like, because real life, Big Nate was a cool nigga, bro. Like, for real, Big bro. Nate, bro. Damn, yeah. man, I just took you down just, memory that lane, brought, bro. That just brought back so many memories, bro. bro like, Big Nate, bro. I wish I could describe to to the audience like like Big Nate, bro. Like real, just like a real dude, bro. Like real, like sitting up in the security guard just desk, just, just chilling, <laughs> bro. Like, ah, no, like two o'clock in the morning, he calls like pizza downstairs. Pizza. Oh, I'm running. Everybody I'm running out there. Everybody, 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 everybody congregate downstairs in the Drew lobby. Like. Niggas just standing there, bro, cooling, bro. Big Nate was really a guy, bro. Or when you check her shorty in, bro. Big Nate, Big Nate gave you that look. Look, bro. That was a time. Like, man, Big Nate time. was a real good dude. I know other lady in there, though. Like, I remember I got to say bye to her. Unfortunately, she passed. Yeah, she, she did pass, yeah. I think, during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, I got this out. When I moved back in, she was like, oh, I remember you. Oh, like, I was like, damn, man, I left my key at home. <laughs> I left my key to Drew at home. I got all the way up here. I left my fucking room key at home. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, when did you move your stuff out? Uh, I moved it out probably, like, two to three weeks, maybe, after the pandemic. Like, Hit and they told us when I was school was not coming back, so I came up here, moved all my shit in the storage, and then that was that for real. But I was like, Yeah, man, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I, I came back by her at least. She I, was a sweet lady. I didn't even get a chance to move my stuff out for real. Yeah, it was like, Don't even come back. And then I was like, Yeah, y'all can't move y'all stuff out. Y'all can only, y'all can um hire a moving company and then come in. That's but not, yeah, that's what I ended up doing. But them motherfuckers, they stole my speaker and all that. Like, I Bro, I came back, bro. They stole my brand new speaker I had just bought. And they stole my broom. I was like, nigga, you need a broom that bad, bro? They stole my cologne, bro. That's, that pissed me off. That stuff was damn expensive, bro. I came back. I'm like, where am I? Why is the only... I had two bottles, though. The one that was damn near empty was the one that was there. And they kept... They took the other one. I was so mad, bro. Because, like, I'm coming back. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, junior year. Okay, cool. My speaker go here. Now, I'm happy, I'm happy as hell. I'm going through my shit. Where's my speaker? That's it up, bro. Like, that's man. I thinking about Drew, bro. That really that was a time, man. That was really a time, bro. And sometimes I, I think back and wish I could have lived it up even more up in there, bro. Like, for yeah, real. Shit, after the pandemic, move me back in. Fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going in out the way. Nah, Drew was really a time. It was real fun. I can't lie. Exactly. Bro, and really, memories. Right, some of you were saying about like our class not being able to be together, bro. Like, we really. Freshman year was the only time that we was actually together in our class. And it's something that makes me sad because I really wish I could have met more people in our class. And I feel like there are a yeah, lot of really. people that I that I, that I I would have met. Um, exactly. Like, like friends of friends who I, who I don't know, who I eventually would have known. Just maybe at like a, a kickback or something in CHS or whatever, you exactly. know? Like, yeah. 
freshman year, I ain't gonna lie, I really forced you to be outside and meet people, bro, because I'm not a social person at all, bro. Like, me, when me, I got me. here, bro, it's like, nigga, you gotta go outside, meet some friends, and then it's like naturally occurred. Like, but man. And it was we, always outside, though. Yeah, you like, always be outside. Another thing is, like, when we came back after the pandemic, outside was kind of dead, unless it was like a specific thing, bro. Like, you weren't really just bumping in the night. Like, if you weren't in the song, you knew when you came back, you'd be so excited. Like, if I seen you on my way to class, I'd be like, Joe, what's up? Like, bro, because you don't really see nobody. It was a point in time when you go outside, you see everybody you knew now. It's like, who are these niggas? Yeah, bro. Like, freshman year, like, you could, you could just be in the crib not having nothing going on. You go on to the yard. It's a it's a party out there. Everybody got the speaker. Like bro, bro freshman year, the beginning night. of freshman year, we was turned bro, bro by the big trees. Oh, the big trees. Sides, bro. We had bro, we had bro dancing and all. Oh, my, 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 my dog Terry out there going crazy. Oh, like, like, <laughs> shout out Terry, Terry bro. Shout out my boy Terry. Nah, I remember we used to see Terry, bro. We used to just say me, Jerry, uh, Sila, Tavian. One day, Jerry, you know he be speaking like.
talking to Drew just from wherever you coming from, it's gonna be like six niggas standing there talking to Big Nate. You can join in on the conversation, right. all that shit, bro. Literally a no, congregation, I remember this bro. thing was going off. He was like, "I seen the video." Curry better than Kobe. <laughs> I never said that. Bro. Yes, you was. I was not saying that. Off, y'all, y'all always say I'm like, I He used to always go out. Like, I remember, like, I remember, I remember when, when Samus when the 49ers lost. Yes. Oh, you don't want to remember that. Yeah, bro, I still got that video. I can, I can look at that video like through my memories, bro. I'll be like, bro, bro my, my dog was like, damn, damn. My dog was suited and booted in 49ers gear, 49ers gloves. But I feel sad for you that day again. I can't lie. Again. Nah, nah, I'm not going to lie. I, I went downstairs in the basement. I shed a tear, bro. <laughs> 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 my nigga had the gloves and everything. Bro, like, I be thinking about that a lot, bro. When I think about freshman year, like, yeah. if. If we had won that game, if Mahomes didn't convert that third and fifteen, bro, like I would have been talking so much shit in the in the as lobby, you, bro. As you should. I oh my god, I think about it because it, like everybody was talking shit to me. If we had won, bro, oh my god, yeah. I would have been talking. I ain't gonna lie, I couldn't have had shit to say. But I didn't know Mahomes was built like that at that point. Like I didn't know, like, bro, now that nigga be down ten. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you seen this exactly. Super Bowl? We were sitting here comfortable. Like, as long as it's time, as long as it's time on the clock, he got the ball. I'm straight. Exactly. But nah, bro. Yeah, hoping Forty Nines could do something this year. Bro. I, I I think it's the year, bro. Healthy Trey Lance season incoming. Yeah, y'all got Trey y'all Lance told me on the fantasy though, gang. I can't lie, bro. That nigga weak for that. Bro. Yeah, I think he told <laughs> you me. You know, that I had drafted him, bro. He was like the second quarterback I took off the board besides Justin Herbert. Like uh, I had that much faith in him, bro. And he, he did me wrong, but it's bro, okay. Bro. It's Brock Purdy season. It, yeah, it, it damn near is. <laughs> Brock Purdy. I, bro, I really, I don't care who starts. I just want whoever gives the best chance to win, bro. Like, exactly. if whoever wins the quarterback competition, I was like, all right, that's the best quarterback. The offensive line is so tough, though. It is very tough. And y'all have Christian McCaffrey. Who Christian, can, Christian McCaffrey only, changed it. He can not only run the ball, but, like, he can create in space. Space. Like, and and he can get crazy scrimmage yards, great receiving back. And y'all not doing the Carolina thing where y'all just handing him the ball. Running times. him into the ground. <laughs> Like, bro, I mean, we got all the weapons, bro. We yeah, got, we got Debo, Ayu, Kittle, Kittle. Like, like y'all are tough. Y'all got that boy on the defensive end, safety. I don't know how to pronounce they that. They got Hufanga. Yeah, Hufanga. They got Bosa. Hufanga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hufanga, bro. Great safety. Strong safety. He was off instinct. Mm-hmm. Liked it about him. He was an All Pro this year. Yeah, Damn. yeah. He giving me airy Troy Polamalu vibes. I can't lie. Yeah, he would be a little undisciplined on on the back end sometimes, but he a young player. So. He be guessing, really. Yeah, he really do. Yeah, um, yeah, we got Hufanga. We got um, we signed Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. Like, like that's bro. Like he's top three D tackle. So yeah. we the NFL will be fun this season. It, it really is, bro. I'm excited for this season. I'm about to take it out memory bunch. lane, gang. I know who you. I know you remember this guy too, because he was when y'all was. Had Kaepernick and everything. Who? Alden Smith. Oh my God. That's my boy. Oh my God. He from where I'm from. His parents live. You actually know him? Yeah. His parents live behind my grandma. I don't know him. I know his parents. That's crazy, bro. Alden Smith, bro. 49ers game. He was supposed to be next up. He was supposed to be next up. He was crazy. He was supposed to be next up. His second year in the league, he had like, I don't don't remember if it was his rookie year or his second year, but he had like 19 and a half sacks. Yeah, he was going crazy for y'all. Smith, bro, had to take you down memory lane. Bro. Somebody from where I'm from. Alden Smith, that's crazy. That's crazy from Greenwood. Wow. Yeah, man. It's unfortunate that he went down the path that he went down, bro. Yeah, bro. Some people don't be disciplined. Another great player from Greenwood. I don't want to say he was necessarily great in the league, but he was cool. I'm looking into uh, Jermaine Whitehead. Who did he play for? He played for 
played for the Browns. Last team he played for. I remember he was cursing somebody out on Twitter. <laughs> like, because he had blue, like, the coverage. Freshman year, man, that was really like a time. I was, that was really a time, bro. I don't really never, never forget that, bro. That's like that was a movie, bro. Freshman year was a movie, bro. I tried to do it up the best we could though, senior year, bro. I can't lie. Yeah, same. Like junior, junior senior year, I definitely tried to go, but like, I, I wish I could have did more. Like that's honestly one of the regrets. I wish I could have did a little bit more, but I still did. I still accomplished a lot. Like, and my biggest accomplishment was graduating. Not only graduated, but graduated with honors. Yeah. Like, that that was my main thing, like, coming in because, like, I started off bad. I will admit that. I started off with a 2.2 GPA. And that's because, like, I was just trying to find myself. I was trying to find that. Like, you got to, between work and playing. So, it's like, you got to find that, that proper balance. Bro, that's real, bro. Like, you got to find that proper balance. And once I found that proper balance, I was able to, okay, take my, my faults and make them my strengths. Okay, cool. You can you can go party, do whatever you want to do, but you have to bust your ass Monday Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. for school. You can play the weekend. Sunday, get your get your head back on straight for the week. And when you use bio major, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you definitely have to lock in. So I had to I had to lock in because like I didn't wanna I didn't wanna go back home and like everybody be like, oh, he went to Howard but he failed out. He lost his scholarship. He couldn't he couldn't finish it like. I don't want nobody looking at me like that. Hell no. Nah. So it was like I had to, I had to lock back in and finish. And I Whoa. did. I thank God about that. That's real. What do you think? When did your mindset shift? Like, what do you what do you think really like made you start to like like change your mentality? Because that's hard to do going going from yeah. where you was to being like Monday through Friday. I'm grinding. Like that's tough. It's tough, bro. How did you shift it? And you ain't got your parents there too. Like you're learning all these things on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not. Your parents is not. They don't have access to your blackboard. They can't see your grades. They can't see that you're not going to class. They yeah. only know as much as you tell them because they're not here. That's facts. Like that's really what it is. Yeah, but I think I think homecoming around freshman year when I when I seen my grades, I was like, okay, I got a lot in. But by that time, it was like it was too far gone. <laughs> so then coming back the second semester, I was like, okay, this is what I got to do. I'm gonna start going to my class when I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be drinking, smoking, like partying, doing all that shit as much as I as I did my first as the first semester. Yeah. So then I started to see the increase in my grades. I'm seeing like, oh okay, I'm back to where Raymond needs to be. I'm very hard on myself. 
because I want the best of myself. That's how you gotta. That's really how you gotta be. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is. I'm back where I want to be. Okay, let me find my balance. Okay, so Monday through Thursday, I'm gonna bust my ass, study, not do too much, but like straight schoolwork, mm-hmm. getting the job done. Then Friday, Saturday, I can party, do whatever I want to do, chill. And then Sunday, that that's cleanup day. That's that's listen listen music, clean up, do homework, all that. Get my get my mind right, body right, all that for the next for the next week. And I just kept that same mindset. I have to continuously stay on myself. Cause it's like you want to graduate with honors, you want to make sure that you got your scholarship. You want to make sure that you make not only your mother proud, your family proud. You want to make sure you want to make yourself proud. You want to make yourself proud. And that was that was my biggest thing. So, bro, that's really what it is, bro. Like there is this song I've been playing a lot recently. Um, at the end of the song, there's like a there's there's like a LeBron um, like video quote, and he was like talking about like if you if you want to be great, you really gotta like live the process. Like, you really gotta, you gotta, and, and he was, like, talking outside from a basketball player's perspective, you know, it's, like, just in life, period, like, yeah. if, if if you live about your craft and whatever you do, like, the results will come, and, like, that's the moment that we live for, bro, like. Yeah. As long as you continue to work hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's, like, and, and to quote Tupac, like, I don't, I don't want to be another statistic. He said that in the song, I don't, I don't want to be another statistic. So, that, that always just stayed in my mind, like. I want to go out there. I want to strive for greatness, no matter what it is. He also said, "On uh, me against the world, no matter how hard it gets, stick your chest out. I hope keep your head up." Like, damn, you know what song that was? Yeah, me against the world. Like, mm. I, 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 I love that that's, album. That's bro. my. It's playing that shit yesterday. Like, living, living proof, bro. Like, no matter how hard it gets, stick your chest up, keep your head up, and handle it. Like, it, it's gonna be rough. It has to. It's gonna be dark days. It's gonna be good days. It's gonna be dark days for sure, bro. So you just gotta. Gotta take the the wins with the losses and continue to push. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. It was not. So you gotta continue to keep on grinding. Minor minor setback for a major comeback. Facts, bro. Like what you're saying is making me think of um what's the book? This this book right here, Think and Go Rich. Like Napoleon Hill like really stresses like that every successful person like has went through some type of because like he, he he interviewed every like he interviewed a lot of successful people, like spent a lot of hours interviewing successful people and he talked about like Every successful person like went through adversity, went through something that that almost broke them. But what made them successful is how they bounced out of it. You know, exactly. what what did they do? And that's the thing. Like, oftentimes people will encounter hardship and and, and kind of and quit. Exactly, and you can and you can't let people judge you too. Like that's why that's why one of my tattoos, like my second tattoo, I knew I knew from a kid that's what I was gonna get. Only God can judge me. No matter what you go through in the world, don't let anybody judge you. Like, only God can. Like, straight up, bro. Like, yeah, just to take a second to admire your book collection, bro. You got a lot of, like, books I already, you know, I come over here and love the books all the time. <laughs> like, I appreciate that, bro. Like, yeah, you got a lot of books that I'm, like, either read for class or, like, I know, also the Napoleon Hill book you just named. Um, Kendrick Lamar put me on that book. Which one? Uh, Think and Go Rich? Yeah, Think and Go Rich. He put me on to that book. Napoleon Hill, that dude, bro. Like, he really, he wrote a lot of crazy stuff. Song Cut You Off, he was talking about. Yeah. Or whatever. Good song, good yeah, song. great song. I never even know that. I'm gonna have to listen to that song again. Yeah, I never, good song, I, I never, damn, bro. Talking about yeah, tapping into your inner self and basically what you were just saying, like living the process. Like, all right, bro, I've been rapping for ten years. I've been J J Rock hype man for like ten years now, but like it's finally my time is coming around. I'm in the studio every day. I'm doing everything I gotta do to make my music real and to make myself real. Like, so if you're around me, you don't have to be 
pushing for my success. You're not living the process like how I'm living it. Then it's really more space because sometimes you know what I'm saying the gate of opportunity open enough, open big enough just for you to fit in. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, you gotta just continuously work hard. Continuously work hard. As Nipsey said, dedication, hard work, plus, plus patience. patience. You know what I'm yes, saying? Will achieve results. Dedication, hard work, plus yeah. patience, bro. Yeah, that's that's my next tattoo. That's what that's that's what I want. Right there. That's real, bro. It's been my idea again. It been my. Idea. <laughs> it been my idea. Right to the tattoo shop. Hey man, that's that's real, bro. Like. Even for me in my life, when it comes to like living the process, like bro, I, I be reading a lot, bro. And I, for me, like that's an example of living the process and just it's like really, I like I take like my my scholarship like it's sports, bro. I don't, I don't play football no more, so I need something to really like hone in on. That's something that I feel like for me, like I want to be the best at. You know, I want to really know what I'm talking about in any subject in any discipline, bro. I really and I'm and I'm hungry for it, bro. Like. I, I don't I don't be buying a lot of clothes, bro. I spend money that I would spend on clothes or other stuff. I spend it on books, bro. Hey, like, hey, like, true, I, bro. like, books and seeds knowledge. No shame, no shame. Like for real, bro. It's all trivial, bro. I mean, you can your shoes ain't gonna fit, or you they gonna be too busted to wear them in a year, six months. That's how my Yeezys is right now, but them hoes busted, exactly, bro. Exactly, like <laughs> they gonna be too busted. But to you, whatever you pick up from that book, bro. That's pages. That's wisdom. You gonna always keep. It's intellectual property, bro. It's something can't nobody take away from you. Like it's like like I said like thinking about rich like Napoleon Hill spent like thousands of hours interviewing people like that and you have the opportunity to read that all it's all in one book exactly. you can read all the game that that they gave to him all in all combined in the one that's easy for you to read bro exactly. he's at at your fingertips like another thing is just like you just said like also thinking where it's like you gotta think it for it to grow you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. exactly. you know what I'm saying like a person once said you can't really chase the dream you just gotta go inside yourself manifest it and then it'll come forth. And sometimes, also, we just, like, I ain't gonna lie, our generation has it, like, this thing where we so competitive, bro, like, we trying to be, like, where somebody else is, and, like, that's not the case all the time, like, you might not be able to, you know what I'm saying, fly out and do all this other crazy stuff that you see people doing, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, you might be able to pop out to Greece, you might not be able to, you know what I'm saying, be in Bali or whatever, real nice. trip, all that stuff, like, you know what I'm saying, like, but you'll get there one day, that's the whole point, yeah. like, be happy where you're growing, bro. Like I'm, I, just, I, gotta, I want generational health, wealth, and prosperity. That's exactly. what I, that's what I pray for on the daily. I pray for health, wealth, and prosperity. Like you close me, me and my family. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Me and my family that just never have to worry about a single thing in this world. Yeah. We just need to remind ourselves, like you closer to where you're trying to get to than where you started. Yeah. Here, even if you ain't graduate, even if you still got another semester or two, it don't matter, bro. It, it don't matter. It don't like matter. you're still actively trying to be something in life. The day you stop trying is the day you fail. Exactly. The day you stop trying is the day you fail. It don't matter again, what you know. The day you stop trying is the day you fail. It don't matter what you're trying to achieve in life. The day you stop trying to do that shit, you fail. Like it don't matter if you've been rapping thirty years on these old two mixtapes. The day you stop rapping, you fail. Like you fail, you're not man. going to come to the dream. You can't do shit, bro. That's what my mom said. Like. Like two chains to get didn't start popping until he's in his thirties. Exactly. It take a minute, bro. It takes a minute. Like nothing. Like some people have have it made where they get to like they getting it while they're young. Like everybody would love that luxury, but that doesn't always happen. Doesn't always for happen, bro. Like exactly. That's you know, real. If that's really what you want to do, you got to stay dedicated. You got to keep on grinding and striving for greatness. Yeah, bro, a Lambo at forty is still a Lambo. <laughs> it's still, it's a still a Lambo. Lambo. Still a Lambo. That's, I was about to say, like, bro, in five, five, six years, like. 
you're not gonna care about what year, how many years took you to graduate. You're gonna, you're gonna be like, I got exactly. this degree. Like, like, like I did it. Like, like, it, like it, it might, you might think a little more. It's like, oh, my friends graduated in like four years. I didn't, but but it don't matter, bro. Like five years, bro. You're gonna be like, bro, I, I got this degree. Nobody, like nobody's looking at the years because when when they putting the applications together, oh, he's a graduate. He's a graduate. You're on the same playing field. Same playing field, just not, like that. They're bro. not seeing. They're not seeing. Oh, he graduated in four years. Oh, he graduated in eight years. No, you are a Howard University graduate. You have that degree. Your degree has been conferred. Exactly. Like straight up, bro. And like another thing, when we talk about like success, bro. Another I would Napoleon Hill book. I would in the devil, bro. Like y'all should definitely read that, bro. Like I read it last summer. That book really changed my outlook on life so much, bro. Because one of the things that he talked about the most was like. Outwitting the devil, like the in in this case, in the context of the book, the devil is fear and doubt, and he talks about give strategies against overcoming like doubt because you know mm-hmm. doubts doubts creep into our heads so much, bro. Like yeah. it's and it's something that that everybody goes through, but you gotta understand that like that doubt is inevitable. It's, it's gonna creep into your head, but it's really about how do you overcome this doubt? How do you push past in order to achieve your dreams? Because whenever you're trying to reach something, bro, like whether you rapping, you know, whether you podcasting, bro, like you thinking like, damn, is what I'm doing really worth it? Like, right. is this what I'm doing really going to pay off? Like, even for you, like when you was trying to, when you was trying to lock in with all this school, like you was probably thinking like, is, is this, is this really going to work for me? Is this Monday through Friday really going to work? Like, is this actually going to give me the results? Exactly, bro. It's a testament of faith, bro. And I think that's something that we really need to, to, to hone in on and focus on when we're trying to achieve our dreams, bro. Actually, like, Realizing that doubt is going to accompany it, but also realizing that you can overcome it, bro. You got to outwit it, bro. And putting plans into fruition for you to attack that in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't be afraid of failure. Can't be afraid of the moment. You can't be afraid to fall down. Like, we all we all fall down. It's just how you pick yourself back up and continue to process. Did he say this in the song? It's like Kingdom, I think Kingdom Come is the name of the song. He said, they say, Jay, how you get so fly from not being afraid to fall out the sky. <laughs> That's your hard, bro. That's one of the wise words. Bro. Wise words. Wise words, bro. It's like, it's, bro, successful people know what it takes. Yeah. Exactly. It's like when they be saying, like, oh, would you rather have dinner with Jay Z or, or a, a date with Ruby Rose? I just seen that the other day. I want that. I want, I want that dinner with Jay Z because he's gonna give me, he's gonna give me wisdom on how to, how to be a. How to, Bro, how to just accomplish so much? That that was a question. That was a question on, I seen on Instagram. That was a question I seen yeah, on Twitter a couple days ago. Like, that is like dumb. Oh, I, would take, I would take I would take thirty minutes with Jay Z because he's over over two hours with Ruby Rose. Because what what am what am me and Ruby Rose is gonna do? You have, have sex? You have a dinner with a thought, bro? Like like, like and yeah, then, rather, what you what you gonna get out of that, bro? Like, I don't know what like information Jay-Z she could give me. She probably gonna ask you for like some money or something. Yeah, like Jay Z gonna give me game. He gonna give me he gonna give me wisdom. He gonna teach me how to how to achieve generational wealth. And, and the mindset that you need to improve that. He's gonna point you in the right direction, and then later down that line, you can get a Ruby Rose. Because oh yeah, I'm now I'm now the nigga. I'm at that point. You know, I'm at that point. My professor told me all about game. Jay Z is a man with resources, bro. I'm coming in with a business proposal. I exactly. got a lot to say, gang. Like me and you, we kind of went in the same, bro. We both exactly. in the projects. We say me and Jay Z didn't experience a lot of similar life struggles, bro. I'm Our just mom another got black kids. Man His mom's a lesbian. My mom's a lesbian. Like exactly. loving people, you know, yeah. like, cheating on her significant other. Like this man that talked about real shit. 
and express vulnerability in his life that I can relate to as a black man. So I'd be like, I'm pretty sure he'll be more well endowed to help. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. You can just take that, use that as a business proposal, whatever opportunity you got. You know what I'm saying? To find an investor or whatever you got planned on going on. Because ambition is a beautiful thing, but achieved ambition is the greatest thing. Achieved right? ambition is the greatest thing. Once you feel like, bro, once you feel like all your work is paying off, bro, and like, uh, Bro, Larry June, like, his in his album with the Alchemist, bro. Like, the second song, bro, like, a solid, not third song, a solid plan, bro. Yeah. And you can accomplish anything with a solid plan. Like, like it's it's simple, but it's so true, bro. Larry June be speaking that. People just, I don't know, like, yeah, they don't want to tap into themselves and get themselves a plan. I know, I guess what I can say my plan is, and I'll put this on the ear. Hopefully, 10 years from now, I can listen to it. No, I ain't going to say hopefully. 10 years from now, I am going to come back to this podcast and listen to it. I'm gonna have me hella like stories and shit where I just like help people print out clothes and I have my own clothes that I sell. Like my store is a flagship, so it's a flagship, it's a workshop. If you wanna learn anything about making clothes or how to get your product out there, you can come to me. If you need somebody to do some graphic designing for you, I have a team set up for that. I'm not cool with that graphic designing now. I just know like ideas and I know how to dress. I'm with so I just be trying to do that. But I wanna recreate a space a space for people where they can come in and not know nothing about clothes or just like not really be in the fashion and all. Like I can take this space in this environment. I can grow. You know what I'm saying? I can get some t-shirts for something as simple as a family reunion or if you're really mm-hmm. trying to sell them. Like you can create your own clothes here and I'll be your, you know what I'm saying, distributor. I'll print it for you. I'll do embroidery for you. I'll do whatever you need. Because it's kind of a store model like that in Houston that I've seen. Like I used to shop with a lot. I used to just go up there to talk. There's a dude mm-hmm. named Isaac. He owned this store in um, called Outlaw yeah. on Westheimer. Um, I go up there still to this day. I'm like, oh yeah, bro, you remember me? Like he like remember me because the first time I showed up to the store, I had never seen no shit like that. I never forget it. It was a day that the uh, Buccaneers was playing the Packers in the division. I was just out there chilling. It started raining. I needed the store to go into. I was just sitting up in there talking to him and his co-worker CJ for like five hours, man, just in there. It's like, how did y'all do this? What do you do? How do you get this? Oh yeah, this machine cost twenty thousand dollars. Oh my god, this machine do this embroidery. Oh, so you sell your own clothes that you make here with your own designs here too, but I can come up in here and I can um, show you this idea or give you this like 3D printer. You can make that same thing right here and sell it to me at a lower price than like what I would get on the internet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Stuff like that. So like just really being able to just help anybody, a kid like me or a kid who just really like it. So I'm going to definitely have a space like that. I'm going to have multiple spaces like that. Damn, man, I'm excited to see that, bro. That's going to be dope, bro. Like, you got to speak that into existence. You got to speak it into existence, bro. Like, uh, another book I started reading, The Four Agreements, bro, like, talking talking about, like, the power of your word. Like, yeah. The things that you say, not to only to others, but to yourself. Yeah, tongue take flight. My mom my mom says that all the time. Like, your tongue take flight. Whatever you say, like, that's going to happen. Bro, like, and you really, you got to be intentional with the things that you say to people. Intentional exactly. with the words that you say to yourself, bro, because it's so... It's so powerful, like 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 you said, bro. The tongue is really powerful, bro. And that sticks with a person. Like a person may forgive you, but they're never gonna like. They're never gonna forget about that. Then they're not gonna forget what you said. It's always gonna be in the back of their head, like you really said that. Mm-hmm. So it's you just gotta pay attention to what you say, like what you put into the into the world. Bro, that's that's real, bro. It just it just makes me um it just it makes me it makes me feel grateful that I've been like fortunate enough to like just have. Being in a space to where I can and being able to consume this information, bro, like, I'm not going to lie, like, being at Howard and, like, we was talking about earlier, being around all these smart people, bro, like, it really made me want to get on my shit, bro. Exactly. Like, for right. real, like, it made me realize that now, like, damn, coming from the Bay, like, I thought I knew everything. I thought I was smart. Like, I thought I knew a lot, but when I come here, I was like, damn, bro, I don't know nothing. Oh, most definitely. I, 
I know that day one. Yeah, I kind of never lost. And I ain't gonna lie to like, it still be. I hate when, I hate when I see this, but it still be some people in our school that just like don't know shit. Still like they don't care. Like, and a lot some people just don't be knowing shit. But it's good to like. I don't know. Like, I really appreciate all the bonds that Howard has gave me. And as much bullshit as this school puts everyone in, <laughs> I still come back here 10 times out of 10. I want my kids to come here. I want my grandkids' kids to come here. Like, Facts. this school is still here and it's still a thing. I'm going to definitely want to start a legacy. Yeah. I feel like in like 30 years, I feel like it'll be better. Yeah, in like 30 years. It's, gonna be it's starting to get a little better, though. Like, yeah. I say, like, getting Jordan to sponsor our school, we're starting to see, like, Howard start taking more pride in themselves. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see like starting to respect himself more. Yeah, like you see birds starting to like the birds under construction now. They trying to fix up the small gym that we used to hoop in. That's under construction now. They about to fix it up, make that so nice. Yeah, it's gonna be so nice. This is like right after we got it, leave. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what right sucks. After like, we leave, they get all the good shit. <laughs> like senior year, everything started licking, started licking up. It started licking up. But hey, man, shout out to them. Like the yeah. kids, you know what I'm saying they gonna be able to enjoy this shit. I hope they just enjoy it, embrace it. Don't fuck it up. Like, just yeah. take it for what it is. Like, just enjoy. Like, bro, I, we gonna be them, them old niggas. Like, we gonna come back to Howard. Our kids gonna be here. Like, bro, I remember when, when Bird used to look like it was nothing. Exactly. Like, the floor used to be dusty as hell. Like, it used to be yeah. slipping everywhere. Exactly, and that shit was trash. Yeah, bro. Like, I used to live right there. All types of stuff, man. I just can't wait. I'm probably gonna come back next year. Though. I'm gonna be here every year for home. Yeah, the same facts. I can't wait for the time they fix Drew up, though. That, that's going to be a celebration. That's going to be a celebration. When they fix Drew up, I'm going to be like, yes. Because I ain't going to lie. They did quiet right. Come they, on. They, 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 they really yeah, did. come on. Do Drew right, bro. Because they really did quiet right, bro. I was in quiet freshman year. They did it right. They did that building. Yeah, they hooked quiet up for sure. They gave it to you know, Howard Hooker. Go ahead and hook Drew up, man. Man, I feel like I it's good. I feel like it's because Drew Drew is so far off the campus. Like you don't yeah. it, when you come to Howard, you you don't have to see Drew. It's, yeah. it's not something you have to go walk over to. You can that just reservoir walk. Oh my god! Oh, bro, walking tears. walking with the diversified in my hand and it's cold as hell. Walking real tears, walking back, bro. Real tears. The wind just smacking your face just consistently. Oh, yeah, bro. You secure. We used to clear the reservoir so quick, like. Be like, yeah, let's do it. And just walk straight down the reservoir. We'll get there so quick, like three minutes. It's been oh, like, oh man, brother. When you walking with somebody, it's three. When you coming home late at night, 15. <laughs> <laughs> it feel like it's 15 minutes. It's like, it's like that wind is beating your ass. It's pushing you back. Like you got to fight through it. It's like a Tuesday night. I think visitation is like at 11 or exactly. something like that. <laughs> you got to leave CHN. You like, oh, oh, God. I got to go walk. Bro, it don't feel like 20 minutes. But on a Saturday night, we would show people it feel like three, five, maybe. Sometimes Man. I don't even, I don't even be wanting to walk that reservoir. I'm like, we finna go to I lab. Do an I lab. Bro, I live not even the same no more, bro. Like, like, nobody even going there. Nobody go to I lab. Nobody, bro. Freshman year, that stuff used to be popping. Like second semester, I used to be in, be in there all the time and doing work. We used bro. to always be in I lab. We used to be in um, UGL before it was built. Chem building, like. Kim building was the spot. I remember we used to be in the Kim building, bro. The Kim building was the spot. I cannot lie. Shout out to Kim building. Damn, bro. Damn, you weren't there that night. No, I was gonna say, what you go that night? We had got called out of security in the Kim building. No, nah, I wasn't there. Dang, bro. Yeah, it was like me, Pavey, and Zari, the usual suspects, bro. We were <laughs> getting caught, bro. Like, and what then? What happened? Bro, basically, we was just all sitting in there chilling. Me, I'm like a very weird person. I always be knowing something is about to happen before it go down. So I seen a security lady go like, 
Hey y'all, come down. These niggas is drunk. Like, uh, they were smoking, eating food. Like we out there chilling. Like we got diversified plates in there. People on their laptop. Like we in there cooling. Next thing you know, that was like um, the security lady bust through the front door. Like boom, she was like, "Oh y'all, oh y'all, right here, right now." Like get to the front of it. Like for Kim building class we was in, and then, um. I was gonna run out the back door. I'm like, why y'all niggas not running? Nobody ran with me. I'm like, exactly. bro, she's not gonna chase us. Like, she was like, if you run, I promise you won't go back to school. In my head, I'm like, bro, I'm like cool with these people. These people are my good friends, but I'm like, are they gonna rat me out? They probably <laughs> gonna rat me out. I get so much weed, and I'm like, if she want me that bad, she can get them to rat me out, gang. Like, it'll be over with for me. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna stay. So once we all stayed and she seen we all stayed, she was just like, yeah, I don't want y'all to get kicked out of school. I got my kids to go to school. I know they probably be on the same stuff, but y'all got to respect this space, get y'all stuff, get up out of here. She took a picture of our IDs, and then um, we thinking she's going to send them away. Meeks, quiet old Meeks, bro. Meeks ain't even do nothing. She brought Meeks to the front and started grilling her. She was like, uh-uh, I'm going to get you up out of here. <laughs> like, she had Meeks in tears, bro. Like, in tears? Like, yeah. Yes, bro, because she was feeling like trying to like really get Meeks out of there. She had to go off her backup and everything. But I guess she was just trying to make an example out of her. Like, I'm going to make right. an example uh-huh. out of the weakest link. Type stuff. Oh, that's, that's horrible. I was like, yeah, yeah. game. Never happened after that. Police like, school or something. We were sitting around for like two weeks, bro, thinking we was gonna get an email from like the school, but we never ended up getting an email from the school at all. So basically, after we didn't get the email from school, we were just like, all right, we cool. Shout out to the security. Shout out to the security lady, though. Home. I ain't even seen her around here though, so. <laughs> this is not no conversation. This, this is another job, man. She probably yeah. gone after the pandemic. She probably she ain't probably coming back. She probably out after the pandemic, girl. Yeah, but like the security lady for sure was cool. She let us go ahead and get out. Um, but yeah, man, the Kim building was crazy. Man, we used to go up in there on a Friday, Saturday night. I, I, I really miss them days, bro. I like, really used to be chilling, bro. Like for real. That's crazy though. Now I'm thinking about it, like, bro, we didn't go to no club. Like you couldn't even go to the club. Like, we could wait my time go to the club. For one, I can't afford it. <laughs> we was broke as hell. For yeah, <laughs> so broke. I can't afford it. For one, we all had to go in on this bottle of pink Whitney. That shit was fifteen dollars. <laughs> nah, There's five of us going in. Exactly. <laughs> like, we used to drink that motherfucking Paul Masson. Paul Masson, bro. I, like, I used to call that shit Paul Mason, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, bro, I, I went back home, bro. And my mom was like, "Yeah, how, how was it?" And all that. I was like, I, "I was like, it was fun. Like, we used to drink Paul Mason and all that." She was like, "What?" I was like, "We used to drink Paul Mason." She was like. Paul Masson, I was like, I was like, yeah, Paul Masson. <laughs> yeah, 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 that one. That one. <laughs> the cheap one. Yeah, that's what we were drinking. <laughs> the cheap one. We were drinking that, bro. Like, we was literally all this. We were drinking that, Bacardi. Like, I don't even get me started on Bacardi. <laughs> Bacardi is deadly, bro. One Bacardi. time this year, bro. It was my Kai kickback. <laughs> Bacardi is terrible. Bro, I was too gone. Like, way too gone. We <laughs> thumping the next morning when I woke up. Nah, bro. Halloween. Last junior, like I had, I had like a lot of a lot of the dark Bacardi though. I, I really like, bro. One of our Halloween story, that, bro. We had ended up buying this fucking house cabassier from some dude that lived in by, bro. He was just like, the liquor store was closed. We need to go to the club. He was like, yeah, I got liquor for sale up here, bro. We, I ain't never seen that a cognac bottle in my life, bro. Like, <laughs> ever, I never seen a brand in none of that. And me, Ray, and our friends, we just started downing it before we went to the club, bro. We in the club slurring, bro. Right. <laughs> yes, bro. Woke up the next day going through it. Everybody in the group chat, like, you sick, you sick, you sick. Like, 
everybody going through it, head spinning, throwing stomach, up, all of that. Like, like stomach and a knot, bro. Like I was like, bro, so that's some toilet hoochie. He bro. made that shit in his toilet. Like, bro had to make that. That's like jail hoochie soldiers. <laughs> He was like, he was like, we gotta find that nigga. Bro, like, we have to find. I was ready to find. Bro, that's crazy. I, bro, like this area, DC was. It was really a different place freshman year, bro. Like, really, like it was just different, bro. You could just on the yard meet me some random dude trying to trying to sell you something, bro. Exactly. Like, I really just bro, no, different, bro. This nigga selling candy, bro. Was like, yeah, my partner named P two, my name Kodak. I'm like, what the fuck? That ain't no real name. What's your name? <laughs> like. Bro, people used to just be trying to do anything freshman year, bro. Like, freshman year was really a time, bro. It was the best homecoming too. Let me put that yeah, out facts, there. Facts, freshman facts. year was the best homecoming. We had we, bro. We had the baby when he was popping. Like that shit was fun. We had what? sweetie. We oh, had yeah. We had the baby in his prime. Like, in his prime, like people, like, people would look back at me like, yo, I had the baby. Oh, that was weak. But like, no, like, like we, we had, had him in his prime. like. We in had his him prime. when he dropped Suge. When like, he, he comes to the stage like, with the babies. Like, um, like, um, like, we like primed the baby. Like twenty nineteen. Nineteen, the baby. Also, yeah. we had sweeties. Sweeties. Who else we had? Juvenile came. Juvenile came. Yeah, we had Juvenile. Kanye came. Yes, Kanye. I missed that, bro. I'm so mad. I didn't wake up. That was. I was. Bro, I had woke up that night, bro, because I had got too drunk off the Bacardi, bro, and ended up throwing up all over the the fucking Drew Hall, like, bro, the thing at the top. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't go to sleep. And I woke up and seen the email. Y'all remember the um the the. The, the the shit that was at Banneker? What? Was y'all there? What happened at Banneker? The night before Kanye pulled up? I was asleep. It was, bro, it was a there. function at Banneker, yeah. but that stuff was... I was asleep. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I remember that. I remember that. I just remember, like, um, that night with the Kanye stuff. I think I was out there, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I just remember not going to sleep. I was out there jump early. I went, I went to bed like for, like, Yeah, I went to bed for, like, probably, like, 40 minutes, and then I just woke up, took a cold-ass shower, and then got up, because I heard them singing, and then I just went. It was crazy, though, because, like, after I woke up from being drunk, bro, I was sleeping maybe, like, an hour or two, like, that's crazy. That, like, that is crazy. Like, that I woke up that fast. You I, got lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. So I was able to, I was able to see Kanye. It was, it was definitely, that was a fun-ass experience, though. Man, I'm so mad, bro. Because I, I went to bed at like six o'clock that day, and I if I would have, because we had heard rumors that Kanye was pulling up, and I was like, oh man, that's cap, bro. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, like we're not getting Kanye, Kanye, like, I'm, I'm gonna go to sleep. I didn't believe that either until like I actually seen a Howard email like Kanye West coming. I'm like, you want to know how I knew Kanye was coming? Like, cause I was like, I heard the rumors too, but like once I seen them moving, like I was like, bro. It is like two in the morning. What are all these black escalators out here for? And why are these white men moving speakers that say Kanye on them? Oh, like shit. the speakers yeah. had yeah, like the big ass speakers that you see in a concert, the black boxes and shit. Like they was moving all of that shit. That shit said Kanye on it. Like I'm like the fuck. Oh shit, yay coming. And then like it was black escalator that pulled up right in front of uh, Crampton. And I'm like oh shit, that's yay, that's yay, that's yay. But then I'm like no, that's not yay. We had looked at his friend's Instagram story. He was getting on a jet to come out here, but. It was, yeah. him. it was just like his people scouting like how they was gonna get out and shit like that. Right. Just getting the lay of the land before he came out. Cause he went out through like the fine arts building and shit. Mm. Yeah. So they was just getting like the lay of the land. That was fun, man. But yeah, Kanye came. Freshman year, best homecoming. This year, we was like our first real homecoming. That was cool too. Like it was cool. This year I feel was like we was getting back into that flow. Yeah, we yeah. got It's cool. I, I I don't think like I feel like the the atmosphere and the vibe of homecoming was turned, but the performances were kind of like I wasn't even really looking Ooh, at like Glorilla. Damn, 
That was disappointing, bro, because yeah. they really could have did a lot better with that, bro. Yeah. Especially yeah. with what with what they've gotten in the past, bro. Like, go really cool. Don't get me wrong, but you could have got something. But, like, else, she bro. shouldn't have been our main artist. She should have been, like, a sweetie. Yeah, like, facts, like, facts, facts. Like, we could have had her and we could have, like, a bigger nigga. Like, if we, if we could have got a baby, that would have been better. Bro, little baby, yeah. I they thought little think... baby was going to come. Yeah, yeah, I thought little baby was going to come. Bro. Little baby, cool. Do y'all think if, if Gunner wasn't in jail, he would have pulled up Tom Cruise in this past year? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like, I feel like he was probably the one that was going to yeah. get Yeah, bro. Nah, I ain't going to lie. I was expecting when I came on this podcast today for you to ask me like some hip-hop related questions. Because <laughs> I remember one episode, you said, is Lil Baby is a leader of the black community? <laughs> 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 I expected you to have something in the bag for me. I can't lie. I thought we was going to talk shop about hip-hop for real. Hey, man. We're going with the flow in here, man. Yeah, we didn't cover a lot of good stuff, bro. We didn't cover internships, black history. I mean, this is really just an insight into the minds of young Howard men, for real. No, this was a great episode, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it, man. I appreciate y'all coming coming on, bro. Like, I didn't even know you was coming, bro. Like, man, even better, bro. I had to bring my right hand in, bro. Yeah. Like man, this is a great episode. Like we talked about a lot, man. I'm I'm glad I got to I got I'm glad I was able to get some real Drew dudes on, bro. Like real, yeah. like like real Drew, Drew Hall Kings. brothers, like yeah. like Drew Kings up in here, yeah. like like for real, bro. I knew this was gonna go good though, bro. We sit up in here and talk shit for hours anyway, bro. <laughs> exactly without the without the microphone on. Kobe like. versus Jordan, this that, and the third, bro. We just get to talking, bro. Exactly. Like, we, go, we can go for hours. Hours and hours and hours. That's probably. just how close like we is. Yeah, like, we tighten mm-hmm. it like that, bro. And that's the thing, bro. Like on my podcast, bro. Like I don't even like like there's structure, but I don't like it to be a lot of structure. Like it's things that I like to talk about and stuff like that. But I really just want to have an organic conversation, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's the best Yeah. I don't really be having like a lot of pre-made questions and stuff like that. If I bring on somebody who has like hella accolades or something right, like that, 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 like that, 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 that exact like, question. Yeah. Like if I if I want to read questions that like I know the audience would want to hear or exactly. wants to know about this person, like I'm gonna do that. But yeah. usually, bro, I'm just gonna be organic, talk about like somebody life or whatever, bro. Because like exactly. humans yeah. are so interesting, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody has a story to tell. Everybody, bro. Everybody got a story to tell, bro. Crazy thing. I don't know if we still recording right. Yeah, we still I, recording. Still okay, recording, man. Yeah. What I was gonna say, bro. I don't never, bro. I caught like like I ain't even a flat. It was like like some ears just leaking out of my tire. I never be leaving work like, dang, bro, I'm gonna put some air in my tire. I always do that shit right by the house. Like, so this night, like Sunday night, I'm getting off of work, bro. This man, his name, uh, Pat, he told me, but basically, like, I'm literally, bro, as soon as I get out the car, my job, I live, I work out in Montgomery County, so you don't really be seeing, like, the shit you see in DC. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see no crackheads or yeah. shit like that. Like, it's cool. So, he coming down, he just like, I'm the only black person out there, too. So, he speaks to me first off. He's like, hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? He's like, uh, you know how to get to the train station or the bus stop from over here? Because, you know, the bus takes you to the train. I'm like, yeah, you're trying to, like, catch the red line. That's the only shit that run out here. And then he was like, yeah, um, how do you get to that uh, station or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know for real. I'm really just kind of like, I don't know who this man is. Right here. <laughs> and then um, he just stayed talking or whatever. He started eating a sandwich, like a little Five Guys burger he got. Man, drop half his sandwich. I'm like, damn. He's like, man, I want to pick it up and eat it right now. I'm like, don't, I'm like, don't do that school. You good? I'm like, don't do that school. And then um, we just sitting there talking. He was like, yeah, you mind giving me a lift? In my head, I'm like, bro, I do not know this man. This man is a crackhead, bro. Like, I can tell he like booted up. He geek. You know what I'm saying? I've been around people that smoke. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, he like geek. Like he really 
coming down off of it. Like he, whatever he did, I can tell he been sober all day. He came out here to boost to go ahead and support his habit. Like you know what I'm saying? He really geeked up. He, he really like feeling it or whatever. So and I'm like, man, I don't want this man to be out here this late at night though. Police pull up, just fucking with him. Like he don't know where he at type shit like that. Like, all right, bro, come get in the car. I'm like, I'm protected, bro. Like, I'm cool. Come get in the car. So the little train station was like 10 minutes away, bro. But the ride was like 15, cause like every time like we would get to talking, so like I hit a light, like every light I hit with a red. Yeah. So like bro started telling me about his life, bro. And it just like made me realize like, damn, anybody got a story and bro, you can't really be judging people off like instinct. Like bro was telling me like, yeah, bro, my name Pat. Like I'm from DC, I'm from Northeast. I'm from like Kensworth Avenue. Um, he's like, yeah, like I've really been like just, he's like, I'm a good dude. I'm saying my fifties or whatever. Uh, two three days ago was the uh, third anniversary of my wife passing or whatever. Wow. Uh, I was like, damn, that's really fucked up. And he was telling me like, um, yeah, but I didn't really see whatever. I really ain't been on the streets that long. I only been on the streets for three years or so. And I was like, oh, for real, yeah. He was like, I came out here with my man's. We come out here to boost. I really don't know what happened to him. You know, what I'm saying I ain't got no way to contact him or nothing like that. We kind of lost each other. And I really just needed to get home. And I was like, oh, for real. He was telling me about this drug he be doing. Called boot or whatever. I ain't never even heard of shit. Cool. You said voodoo? Boot. No, it's called boot. Like a boot you wear oh, or whatever. Boot. Yeah, boot. I guess it shit like crystal meth. I mean, not crystal. It's like gives you crystal meth ecstasy for other. It's like a bath salt or something mm-hmm. like that. Like something like that. He was like, yeah, boot or whatever. But he was basically explaining like after his wife passed, like his her sister and his son like kind of drove him out of the house or whatever. So like when he went to go visit his daughter to kind of like breathe, he didn't want to be in the house that his wife died of. He's like, hey daughter, let me come stay with you for like three or four days. Just get out of the house, get out of this space because my wife is not here. This is the house we like bought together and stuff like that. Um, he came back. His sister and um, what's your name? Took him like changed the locks on him, so he had nowhere to stay. Then they took the car that she had, like they both shared or whatever. And they really didn't have no respect for him. He said, I worked the job, but like I had a job at DCI. I was working for gas and stuff like that. So like. I really was just me and my wife, like, we had our union, we don't have no kids. I got, like, a daughter, like, but we don't have no kids or nothing like that. Like, me and her just really known each other our whole life. We've been married for, like, six or seven years. So, after that, he was just like, yeah, man. So, after that, like, I'm just going on a dark path, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, like, pick up the pieces or whatever I got. Like, I'm going to work stay. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to a car now because they took that from me. And I started, like, he was like, I got laced with K2. That's like I laced with K2, like I got robbed for the little money and little stuff I did have. And then after that, I just started doing boot. And then after that, I just started boosting and surviving. I've been on the street since then. And man, him just like, he's just like, yeah, man, but I only got one life to live, man. I'm just out here. He was like, I'm just out here. I don't know what my life is going to be. I just knew what my life once was. And I just was like, man, that's some real shit. Like everybody got something to say. Everybody like, like you never know how bad shit could get for you. You could think you're comfortable. You could think you put up, and it was like the worst shit that happened to you. And you don't know where you end up. So you can't really just be judging like a book by its cover. Or really, just know somebody's story because like people aren't born crackheads. You know, what like, I mean? you're not people, born like that, bro. Not born no crackheads or nothing like There's that. Something that leads to that, bro. Like exactly. I think, yeah. and I are... like felt him on a real level, bro. Because I got an uncle. His name was Joseph. We used to call him Ren. Yeah. But basically, bro, my uncle was a very real endeavor man. Like. Um, he traveled the world, had a wife, you know what I'm saying, lived in Germany for a number of years, great reader, very scholarly man, sent the kids to college, he had a son, he ended up getting killed or whatever, um, and once his son got killed, he kind of just like went downhill, you know what I'm saying, hard drugs, just chasing the first high of like the hard drugs, because he can't really like, 
piece it all together about his son. His son was a Jackson State, just like who wasn't involved in anything illegal or anything like that could just be murdered. So he just really couldn't get over it. So you never really know how people fall into their addictions or their ways, but everybody got a story and everybody somebody as relates to that topic. Bro, that's that's so real, bro. I think we be so quick to like dehumanize those type of people because it just I don't I don't know why we do it, bro. Just it makes us not 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 feel bad, like and like so walking by so like a crackhead or somebody's homeless, it makes them makes us feel better. Like as long as like if if we making if we in our heads think that like they're they are less than us, bro. Yeah, they're less than us, and that's kind of like relates, I guess, to how we got to the original topic of race. It's like mm-hmm. like it's, yeah, it's just like you know what I'm saying. Okay, well, maybe it helps me feel a little better that they're a little less than us. Yeah, that we're not equal. But they had to be like like something had to happen for a person to be the way that they are. Something had to happen for a black people to be the way they are. Just any random person that's on drugs on the street to be the way they are. You know what I'm saying? Like something had like to so happen. something happened. Like you don't just end up like yeah, that, you bro. Just you don't just end up on the streets, bro. Like like homeless people don't want to be homeless, bro. Like, like they like, want to own. Like bro, like think of all the people that we know in our lives right now, bro. How many of them think? How many of them think they think they're gonna be homeless, bro? Exactly. Like, or nobody, or nobody, homeless. nobody thinks that they're gonna be homeless. And I be just feeling so bad, bad for them. Like I don't like to see, I don't like to see any person like whether you black, white, anything. I don't want to see you doing bad. Like that, that makes me feel bad. I, as soon as I see them, I pray for them. I ask God to show them better days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like I just, like I just try to give them money. Like even if I know you go use it for drugs or anything, just like let me just, let me just try to help you. I'm not, I'm not in it to have good karma or anything yeah like i I just do it out of the goodness of my heart the kindness of my heart that i just want that's what i told pat i was like bro i'm just a vessel like i mean to be honest i hate to see you in this condition i gave him like some bread or whatever and told him like yeah bro i know you came out here you didn't steal shit like but i know you still i don't want you to like do nothing crazy and get your high like Mm -hmm. you know like 25 30 bucks bro like huh if you go smoke that up that's on you if you buy a bottle and just drink till you pass out that's on you bro but like I don't want you to think you gotta come out here and steal, or you know what I'm saying, be a threat or a danger to you. Yeah, people exactly. in these suburban gorge, you know what I'm saying, to support your habit, bro. So here you go. God bless you, you know what I'm saying. It was good hearing your story, you know what I'm saying. Let me know to stay focused or whatever. But also another thing, I feel like you can speak on this. Homelessness is a real problem in America, bro. Inflation. I mean, I was spent the, you know, I spent a little time out there in the Bay over the past few years, bro. Homelessness is very real out there bro it's crazy bro like like people come out to san francisco just to be homeless bro just because our laws are a little more like affording like just like a little more lenient on type of stuff like in texas like ain't it like illegal to be homeless or something like that yeah it's illegal to be like soliciting and stuff like that so like yeah homeless with like a sign like hey give me some money like how people just be bro in dc literally when we stay northeast bro like you cannot walk out your door without somebody like coming up to you high or fentanyl or whatever they be on exactly. like asking you for money like just you could be at the mcdonald's and trying to get something to eat like they literally just know you're gonna be right there like being periods where they know people gotta get gas they know people mm-hmm. gotta get food like they know you have to go up in there and get things and you have to spend money so they're gonna stand right there all day and ask you for money yeah. so it'll just be crazy but in texas like you don't see nothing like that because like the police are gonna get you out of here yeah. You might can stand under a little interstate with a sign for a little bit, but the police gonna be like, "All right, hang it up." Like, come on, like it's not really no soliciting for real. But up exactly. here, like, you can solicit all you want to. And I feel like people have the misconception that like, oh, just because there aren't, you don't see homeless people in Texas. That that like that there's that, no homeless people. Yeah. That yeah, exactly. That it's no homeless people, and that it's perfect out there, and that they're doing something better. 
than, than, than cities that do have homeless people when it's reality like people be out people like like I said people move out there because because they lost everything where they're from bro and, and and they're afforded a little more like just just leniency out out wherever bro y'all like, can steal for sure Texas that shit is a no go yeah like y'all can steal for sure out there so that's like uh, Thing, I guess people can do. No, bro, it's, it it's crazy, bro. Even me bringing up the Safeway again, bro. Like, at my job, I used to see stuff that I can't even like really describe to to, to, to people, bro. Like, it's bro, it's it's mad. it's pretty crazy, bro. And like, I don't know. When I was when I was there, like, I used to try to like stop people from stealing and shit. But I, I've kind of like I, I don't really like I when I I used to I used to work come back and work there like little stints like. I was there for my longest during from like February to like August 2021 until then we came back to school then I used to go back there during Christmas break and then I left and then came back again last summer but like um I I I one of the things one of the reasons why I tried to stop people from stealing is because like a lot of a lot of those stores can tend to get shut down because of too much stuff and like it being in a black neighborhood I used to talk to a lot of the black customers and I didn't want and I didn't want there, I don't want their store to be taken away from them. Them to them have to walk thirty minutes to, for another grocery store. But as I as I got older and I got more perspective, I really started to understand that like all these grocery stores, like they're they got hella insurance, bro. Like yeah, they, like, got, hella they insurance. got hella insurance. Bro. It only like, be the stuff like, don't be mattering. Like it, it only be like super bad. Uh, I had a friend from Chicago um, during my internship named Rod. It says like Mac. I'm not McDonald's. I'm not saying McDonald's. No more. It's this Walmart. It goes through. Chicago, they got shut down this year because of too much stuff. But also, it's just like a danger to public safety because you know, Chicago's a very crazy place. People mm-hmm. get robbed and shot and all that stuff. But I get what you mean, bro. Like, you don't want something that's in that community for that community to be yeah, exploited exactly. and then have to be shut down for corporate reasons, bro. Yeah, it just makes me sad. Yeah, for, for corporate reasons, because like, bro, them. Corp, them companies, bro, they'll, they'll take the store out of a black neighborhood, yeah, like, just like that, bro, like, and, like, there used to be a Safeway, like, I worked in the Fillmore District, which is, like, another black area in San Francisco, I live in Baby Owners Point, which is, like, another yeah. black area, there used to be a Safeway there, but it got taken yeah. away because people were stealing from it too much, and, like, I don't know, it just makes me sad, because, like, bro, that stuff is definitely still going on right now, I'm out in D.C., I'm, like, back home, I know stuff is still crazy, like, ain't stuff changed in the past three years, bro, and exactly. it's... And it's like, bro, them, them people are hurting, bro. Them people are desperate, bro. Like, the wealth inequality is going crazy, bro. Like, all them big companies out there, bro. It's no middle class in the Bay, bro. Yeah, like, seeing all them people, right, them tech companies have all these nice-ass cars and then, like, see homeless people all the time, bro. Yeah, like, San Francisco, bro. Like, no middle class, bro. Everything is, like, it's, you, you, pay, like you pay, like, two bands a month for, for a box, like, like, like a one room box, studio, like bro. <laughs> studio apartment, four hundred square feet, twenty two hundred, man. Like, like, shit is insane, bro. Like, shit is insane. like, bro, like, Larry said one of one of his songs, like, I'm a millionaire, but to live in San Francisco, so it ain't enough. Like, you know, exactly. like, still, like, you can't do it. it don't like, matter. Even if you got a million Even in San you, Francisco, you're not living like how you would be living in Texas. Yeah, so hell no, nah, like. If you have a man in Texas, bro, you looking like a king. If you got a hundred thousand in Texas, you looking <laughs> right. like a king. If you got a hundred thousand, if you got a hundred thousand just plus in your bank account, you looking like a king in Texas. Bro. Oh god, bro, oh, god. big ass house, hella rooms, hella rooms, bro, hella rooms, even hella land. Yeah, like, even if you just written, bro, like you still doing good. Facts, sure. facts. Um, before I close this episode, say so, like since you brought it up earlier, I do want to ask your opinion about like the, the whole like gun and the little. 
not the gun a little baby situation. What about the gun? Nah, not, not the gun a little baby. Like, a young thug situation. Oh man, uh, first off, I want to start by saying Free King Slime. <laughs> Say this on the mic again. Free King Slime. Um, but nah, man, uh, I think we're more so, like anything more so, like rap in the state it is in today. Like, rappers are like, okay, rappers have a lot of power and a lot of influence. Rappers also still have millions of dollars and involve themselves in illegal activities still mm-hmm. because they didn't always have millions of dollars and they were somewhat in the streets before they had millions of dollars. With that being said, though, this whole, like, snitch, no snitch thing, that shit is just the internet and the media with a bunch of people who couldn't do 30 seconds in jail talking about how they would have just sit there for months. And I, I hate when people like, be saying stuff like that. That's what that, I hate bro. about the internet. Like, yeah. Twitter, they don't run with that, like. It's so casual. And like like when they were showing Gunner being played in the club, everybody like shitting that like, bro, nobody in their right mind with millions of dollars is finna sit in jail and rot for months on end as a case keep getting delayed, as they can't even find a jury for it, as jurors are not showing them. Like, there's, like the case keep getting delayed. And then somebody says, all right, bro, here goes a probationary period. Like, go ahead, take this plea out, cop out to this, cop out to this, cop out to this. Also like 12 other people like, like pleaded out on a case before Gunna. It's not like Gunna like pleaded out and just like what's your name. And also Gunna didn't plead out to nothing off like like a murder or anything like that. Drug position. Everybody know Thug has drugs. Like everything. Thug is gonna have to do, be in jail. Like there's no doubt about. It. They found silencers, switches, all of that when they raided his house. Like Thug is gonna have to be in jail regardless. So if anything, the number one artist on my label should be able to be free and make music and all this other right. stuff. By playing out, okay, bro, if anything, like, I feel like it's more so the public is just, like, public perception is just, like, going crazy. I mean, if Thug can't see Gunna's case, I think he's kind of very selfish, and he wants his ship to just fall all together with him, and then that's kind of, like, unfair to everybody. I mean, as far as, like, Mfunk and, like, Woody testifying to murders and all of that, I mean, that's just outright snitching, you know what I'm saying? If you don't rap, you don't do nothing to the company but shoot. Your job is to shoot and go to jail and do whatever and take whatever come with that left thug and I'm blowing you out because you're actually in the streets. Gunner yeah. is a multi-platinum, multi-million dollar recording artist. He does not deserve to be in prison. He needs to be outside keeping the business going. He's the queen on your chessboard. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like he's the queen on your chessboard. So all Gunner pleaded out to was drug possession, which drug like a gun possession, which he was in the car with Thug. Thug got to eat drugs and guns from his house anyway. So I would say Thug should look at it as tacking on my jacket. Hey, y'all don't tweak out on him. This my queen piece. Let him do what he need to do to further advance the YSL name and really show to these white jurors that this is not a game. But when it's kind of like counterintuitive, if the same people talking about what they gonna do when they see Gunna and this, that, and the third, oh, you shouldn't have told this yada 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 yada, and hearing all these street rules and going about it on the internet, doing all of this bickering and stuff like that, playing all these internet games. But Gunner, to be honest, you don't never have to rap again in his life. You don't ever have to hang out with seeing people again in his life. So exactly. more I think, power to me. I think they can't call Gunner a snitch unless Young Thug come out and say, like, oh, this nigga's a snitch. Yeah, like, right. but and like I just said, though, Thug can't even really feel bad about it because Thug got so much more he got to eat up. Like, exactly. if it's 15 people telling on Thug for murders and way more serious stuff, Thug's house has been found with guns and drugs in it. Like, Thug has found, been found with drugs and stuff on his person, like, it's really not crazy for Gunner to just plea out along with like the twelve other people and just say, "Yeah, bro, those the drugs not mine. This and the third. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine." Right. Cool. 
cool. Like I'm pleading out to that. Y'all gonna give me probation? All right, bet. That's it. Thank you. I get to go home. I actually get to spend my millions of dollars. I don't get to sit in the cell and rot. Cause who knows what more they'll dig up. You know what I'm saying? They might try to just throw more dirt on them. Like, oh yeah, you had something to do with this. You had something to do with this. You had something to do with this. I mean, to be honest, I can't really control how like the rap people view him. Everybody just, I guess it's just kind of like more so a trained thing. Like once one person was like, and YSL was like, oh, Gunna's a rat. I don't like Gunna. Everybody, everybody just kind of follow old shit. But I mean, the YSL ship is sinking. Gunna got off of it. He's not the captain of the ship, so I don't blame him. That's why I don't like, I don't like the internet. I think just like, the internet is just so dumb. People promote false, false narratives and they just run with it. People saying stuff online that they would never say in that real life. That they would life. never say in real life. Like ever, y'all, y'all, be, y'all be hiding behind these computer screens. Exactly. And thinking y'all inter- thinking y'all gangsters, but in reality, like people be hiding for real behind like, the screens. You be hiding bro. behind the screens, like you're, you're, you're a fat. You are, yeah, bro. <laughs> a grape in a fruit fight, like, bro. Like, <laughs> you are a fat nigga in your mom's garage, bro. Like, Talk about him, yeah, bro. Gunner shouldn't have snitched. I would have did thirty years. I would have did, did thirty. Yeah, I would have did all that for all my brothers. Like, I would never sit on my brothers. Like, nigga bro. looking like Officer Bubbles off a of Lilo and Stitch, bro. Like, but another thing is, like, bro, it's just like I feel like people should only be subjected to street codes when they are street individuals. So, like, exactly. Woody and all them other people that was playing out from all these other people, they don't rap. They don't bring nothing to YSL but trouble. They don't do nothing but handle street business for YSL. So when the police come to get everybody that's YSL, I make music. I'm in a studio all day. I'm traveling the world. I'm literally with Virgil in Paris at these off-white shows. Exactly. I'm furthering the brand from a multimedia standpoint. Precisely. You don't see Gunna. And what Gunna did get caught up on is conspiracy because he's a part of this. Like, conspiracy is so easy to prove. Yeah. Just you and two more people like, conspiring and get, like, to do something, I guess. And also, like, him getting caught, pulled over with, like, some drugs and a pistol. That's it. Like, some drugs and a pistol. Like, that's regular stuff. Gunner is not on a wire talking about, oh, we're going to go murder people. He's not actively doing criminal activity in furtherance of the game. Right. He is the queen on the chessboard. He's YSL, number one selling artist. He's literally the queen on the chessboard. Outside of Thug, he's the one to keep the ship. Like, he, he's the one who, who's going to keep the business running. Exactly. And, and Thug knows that. Like, like YSL is still a label. Like, exactly. You know, they still got to make bread off the music. But if y'all going about it like, oh, yeah, he snitched, he did this, then it was a game. Right. Then like, it had to be a game. And y'all don't want it to be a label no more if y'all push like, them away. Like, bro, I got, I got homies, like, or just, no, I wouldn't say homies, but I've seen people who, like, don't want to. Listen to Gunner and be like, oh, because he a snitch. When you ain't never been in the streets in your life, bro. Exactly. Like, you don't, right. you, you really don't care about that stuff, bro. Like, you, you're not from that life, bro. Like, like, you're just listening to the narrative. You just listen to the narrative and you're not thinking for yourself. You're point, being bro. a follower. Yeah, that's what I would say, bro. Like, not a, like I'm not in the streets. Nobody, bro, the thing is, though, like, the only person that should you be subjected to the streets is the people in the streets. Like, that's it. Like, okay, like, if you want to, like, if you want to lay your head on your pillow and, like, edge it. I'm the most gangster nigga in the world, and that's a rule you gotta follow. If not, if you wanna lay your head on the pillow of I'm a multimillionaire, I'm a multimedia artist, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make all these endeavors in the corporate world, and I'm really furthering the uh, success of his label with me rapping, with me, you know what I'm saying, being a, a fashion out here and like influence all the other things I do, me marketing myself, then that's what you lay your head on. And you don't have to sit in prison and write for nobody, mm-hmm. except you get yourself to the opinions of others, because. You never said you were a street guy, you know what I'm saying? You never, you might deal with street individuals because you got to in hip hop at some point or another. I mean, but you, you never said you was that. But you never said you was that. You never carried on like you was that. You know what I'm saying? J Cole not on gang regular. J Cole get caught with some drugs and guns in the car. I won't be mad if he tested like, <laughs> right. like, You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. You don't have to be that, bro. Like, 
Like that's the thing with like the internet though. They make it seem like they wrote the gangster handbook. The internet feel like they wrote the gangster handbook. Man, that just sucks. To be honest, like, that's it. As long as you ain't putting nobody in jail, which you not putting nobody in jail. I'm just peeking out. Like that's it. I'm not putting you in jail. You already in jail. Plus you got a million other charges you got to fight besides me. So exactly. Like. That's it. But YSL ship is sinking. Gunner got off of it. Thug's the captain of the ship. He wanna go down with the ship like the dude did from the Titanic. <laughs> go ahead, bro. Like, go ahead. That's all on you. That's how I feel about it, per se. But yeah, Gunner's the queen piece. Just keep I don't know, I think music is kinda over with. I mean, rap ain't moving units no way. We ain't had no number one single or album in rap this whole year. Bro, I saw that this so, morning, bro. Yeah, rap ain't moving units no way, Gunner. So Damn. enjoy your money. Chill and then just you know what I'm saying, do you, bro? Bro, why do you think that is? Like we in in no album because nothing new is coming out. I feel like nothing like we haven't not, we're not hearing no new sound, nothing fresh. Everything real. is all the same. It's just it's just real dissing. Like it's just dissing and then just samples for real. Like, like nobody wants nobody wants to hear that. Like like I'd rather go listen to old music or I, or I listen to I, I like listening to Larry June or Rick Ross because yeah. they be teaching health, wealth, and prosperity. Like they exactly. like it's. A, it's like some, positive stuff that can actually help you better like, your life. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to be hearing nobody just bang, 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 murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. Like, I don't want to hear that all day. Like, it's cool to listen to it sometimes, but it's like, I don't want to listen to that all the time. That's not what you want to show your uh, daily vibe to be like yeah. going throughout your day. Like, you don't want that. No, nobody wants to hear that at all, bro. Like, I'm, I don't know, bro. The only thing that can save rap, I guess, at this point, is like Drake drop an album or something like that. That's <laughs> gonna be the Yeah, because Drake just makes the music that people want to hear. That's gonna be that like dancing, yeah. I guess. But other than that, bro, rap is kind of like just at a standstill. And I gotta commend the women on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? The girls is running rap right now. All male rappers, listen. SOS, the girls is running rap. The girls is making the music that is actually being played in the clubs that people are actually listening to that is very trendy and that is actually, like, dominating our ears. Like, the music that you go out and hear. Niggas gonna listen to our artists, of course, but girls is really the ones setting the precedent for new music, what new music can sound like, and introducing a new sound in hip-hop. Niggas, step it up. Stop talking about how many 762s you got and how much money you got. We don't want to hear that no more. I don't drive a Lamborghini. I don't have no 762 game. Hey, women is up right now, man. Shout out to Glorilla. Shout out to Lotto. Shout out to... Uh, shout out to all the women out there doing that damn Nick thing, Stallion. man. Who else? Um, plenty of women out there doing that shit right now. Shout out to all the girl artists. All hey, of y'all all over the world, man. Hey, that's quite the take right there. You trying to make this podcast go viral, man. I'm hey, just hey, kidding. Hey, I'm going to keep it on 100. I got to keep it so 100. I got to keep it so 100. That's my favorite thing. I got to keep it so 100. Like, that's really who we setting the president right now, girls, bro. Girls have always created something that's new, bro. And it started last summer. Like, not over really. Like, it's just transitioning over to this summer. They used to always be, like, on the back end. But now they're, like, they're, they done got the ball and they're running away with that shit. Like, running away with it. They Like, women is up right now. The hardest like, instrumentals. Like, it's crazy. And, I, and, like, I like seeing it. Like, I don't give I don't give a fuck with nobody. So I be in there listening to girl music. I, I don't I care, do, bro. Hey, the songs be hard. The songs, the songs summer, be hard. Last summer, the song of the summer, most played song of the summer was Tomorrow by Glover. And that, but that shit go crazy. Go crazy. Me and my brothers, we, we rapping that shit word for word. Like, we know all of that. Like, you ain't gonna tell us we can't listen to Glover. I'm like, what? Man. It's some artists that are really good, though, that are men. Don't get me wrong. That's like coming up on the scene, but like, um, 
as far like as music, as far as music though, like they just not overall men are just not like putting like no new presidents forward. It's not no new nigga up here. I'm like damn, that nigga hard. It's like he goes crazy. It's not no new sound. Like there hasn't been like a like usually rap is like there's always like a, a sound that that people kind of eventually gravitate to. And when it's when it's one song, when it's one sound for too long, like. People eventually don't want to hear that sound anymore, and it hasn't really. Exactly. It's not really nothing, nothing new. Like yeah, nothing, nothing coming from rap. Like I guess on the R and B side, we got we got some new shit, yeah, but man. not. I don't even be listening to R and B from this generation. I listen to R and B from the past. Me, like, I, yeah, yeah, that's, me too. that's when it was really like the golden, bro. That's really what the closest. Like I listen to R and B from now. I, I listen to Blast. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, Blast go like, crazy. Like, and like Blast, his sound is just different. It's something unique. About uh about Gunner, bro. Like his what was the last album he dropped? Drip season, yeah, Drip season four. Did did y'all think that album lived up to the hype? Yes, it was an amazing album. For real? Yeah, one one. Of, I mean, Gunner, I was about to say one, but Gunner made good ass music. I, I don't think it did, bro. I'm like, I don't think it lived up to the hype. Bro. Had hits, bro. You gotta go. It had hits, but I don't think I argue LJ about that all the time. I'd be like, the album was smooth, but it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean yeah, that's that, yeah. that song go hard. Like that sample is crazy. Uh, thought that I was playing with Twenty One Savage on that song was hard. Man, I got a lot of songs on that. Yeah, you just gotta go hard. back and just listen. All right, to okay, that I'm gonna have to. Go. I didn't, I didn't really give it a chance. I listened to it. I didn't listen to it a lot. That's how it be. And then you gotta come back like maybe months later, a year later. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Let me just go ahead back and listen to it. I'm like, damn, this shit really has some. Yeah, like, I just didn't give it a chance. Right. But we getting a Larry June Cardo tape soon. So that into the late night. Soon. I can't. No, no, not not into the no. It's gonna be called the Summer. the night shift. The night shift. That's what's gonna yeah, be called the night yeah, shift. I'm ready for Larry and Cardo. Larry, don't miss. Bro, yeah. They never Larry, miss, bro. Larry, don't miss, bro. My my favorite album by him, bro. Stations on the blade. That's bro. Everybody been saying that to me the past two weeks, bro. bro. Everybody who I talked about Larry, they'd be like, yeah, I heard Stations by the blade. Like, I'm Damn, a big bro. fan. My favorite man. album is the one he did with Harry Fraud. Mm-hmm. Real, 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 <laughs> dude, real. Frog, like, like, when you hear that shit, that shit. That keep shit. going. Yes, bro. Keep, keep every going. every time somebody asks me my, my favorite Larry type, I always say keep going. Keep bro. going, yeah. The one he did I was playing that yesterday, bro. Like, bro, Larry don't make no bad music, bro. Like, he doesn't, bro. Like, spacious on the blade, bro. Like, I can listen to that shit front to back, like all the time. Front like, to back, like, like real I, album. I can just li- I can just listen to. It. I know what's coming next, like, and then even on his on his new album that he just uh dropped. The Great Escape. Like, the Great Escape. Like, Margie's Candy, Candy House, bro. Like, that song bro, is... That is, bro. That is my screensaver, bro. Real niggas never quit. Real niggas play the game but got goals that's to go legit. That's Real so, niggas so, stay on team. That like, is so... But that's, that's so, so motivational, bro. Ever, bro. Like, that's so... Bro, oh my God. Like, it's like the first time I was hearing it, bro, and he said that. And in my head, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm gonna run that back. The nigga said, run that back. And said it again. I was like, oh, this shit hard. This shit hard. Bro, like... I, that's I the thing about Larry, shit, bro. bro. Like, Larry really changed my life, bro. Like, yeah. when I was really changing my life during the pandemic, really, like, losing weight, really just trying to better myself, better my mind. Like, uh-huh. Larry June, that was my theme music, bro. Like, he was really, like, pushing me through. Like, yeah. really, like, Keep Going came out in October 2020, bro. Like, when I was really in the middle of that, trying to yeah. trying to muster up more motivation, bro. Like, that stuff motivational, bro. That's when I got on Larry, uh, 
Was that into the late night? Yeah, that was into the late night. The one he dropped a card. On. Yeah, twenty twenty one. That was at the beginning. That no, you know that's that um. No, Cruz, that's fucking Cruise USA. Cruise USA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Cruise USA. That's that fucking beginning of the pandemic. Now looking like I sell dope. Hold <laughs> on, oh, I'll probably be broke. Carter on the beat. That's, that's a hip for show. <laughs> Magus, Magus. Him and Carter. They don't miss. Yeah, bro. like that's when I first got on him. Yeah, he was like, yeah, hope everybody's saying he'll be. Like I was like, oh yeah, this guy's real motivation. I got my license to that shit and everything. <laughs> bro, same, same. me want to better my life. Bro, same, bro. I got my license too during during that period, bro. Really, yeah, just like, had me going crazy. Exactly. The first shit I played in my car. When I first got my car license, all that shit, I played Killer by Nipsey Hussle and then Cruise USA. Killer is a killer banger, bro. Yeah, like, that that whole album, bro. That whole album. Yeah. Nip don't make bad music. Another thing, Facts. another thing Nip was doing on that album, bro. You know what that nigga was talking about, bro? Fucking the entrepreneurial spirit, basically, like how all these people and all the shit that's big now is being created by the entrepreneurs now. Like big corporations are starting to fall, and we're starting to find smaller, um, like more entrepreneurial based alternatives. Also, digital currency. Mm-hmm. I think it was talking about that shit 10 years that's ago. That's crazy. He was talking about that shit 10 years ago. Damn. He was like, I'm not going to look at my gift horse in the face. It's like, we're in a space where like entrepreneurs can really get to it, and these big corporations are going to fall. We're going to like use bigger corporations less and less. Um, I think he said that on Overtime at the end of that song. Like, wow, he was talking about that like in from the beginning, bro. Yes, bro. That's crazy, bro. Like, okay, before we end this podcast, I do have one more question to ask, bro. I'm, Man, thinking, I'm thinking about this. This show podcast? Nah, nah. I'm only saying because I, I, t- I got another one to record at 6.30. I know, but um, I was going to ask, like, I was talking to Rick about this in the podcast we recorded. Like, we were saying, like, it's no really, like, defining culture trait of, like, of our generation. Like, when, when you look at, like, the 2000s, like, the 90s, like, they're, like, especially with, like, fashion. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's not like a lot of things that define our generation. Like what, what do y'all what do y'all think of that? I think we do a little bit. It's just that like our generation is kind of like more so. I say this: trends don't last as long as they did back then. Mm. Throwback jerseys that's like a one two year time period type shit. Like shit be like one two years. Like that's the significant of the time. Rap now, hip hop culture now, our culture now. Six months we on something brand totally new, bro. It's a rehash. Totally new. It's a rehash of everything too. We bring it back old with the new, and then also like we need some. We have an appetite for something new. Like back then, bro, an artist could put out an album. Niggas be bumping that shit for like a year and a half, right? Every day, like fucking with that artist. They still able to tour off that album, do all that shit, bro. Right now, bro. You put out an album, bro, you got six months to bleed that motherfucker for everything is worth. Unless you like a J. Cole or a Kendrick or somebody and like your music is very, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In. Bro, if you're a young artist, you know I mean? bro, you better put that shit out and you better tour on it for six months and you better have something new again. We're going to forget yeah. about your ass, especially if you're a rapper. And I feel like young boy is changing that president too because yeah. he's like, like he's constantly dropping, constantly dropping. Constantly dropping, constantly dropping, constantly dropping. It's just he's not able to like tour and shit his range. But like, bro, really, we just be on the same shit. Like we on something, we looking for something new every time. As far as fashion goes and shit like that, we do have, like, I guess some shit we be wearing now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Purple jeans, kasui, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all the shit. Dunks. Like, that's coming mm-hmm. back. Some old shit we was rocking with us kids. Right. Um, what you yeah. saying? That's coming back. Roshi's is coming back. Roshi's coming back. For real? Like, yeah. yeah. Just like, we doing a lot of shit we used to do when we was kids. You know what I'm saying? Miri's, all that stuff. Like, people can't afford. Like, we got, like, stuff like that. Like, we weird. It's like, present, like, yeah, like a specific lot of shit to this time period that wasn't, like, that didn't exist or wasn't popping. You know what I'm saying? But, 
that we gonna look back on and think, but like I think well right now with the culture we can't really identify none of the shit because every six months we're looking for something new. Do you think that's cause of social media? Most definitely. Yeah. Everybody social sees media. social media and like they're like, Oh, I gotta go get this. I gotta, yeah, go, do I gotta go do this, I gotta go have that. Oh, I gotta go do this, I gotta make this TikTok to this, I gotta listen to this song, I gotta wear this, I gotta have that. That person has this on. I gotta go there. Exactly. Like it's more so just like we everybody's constantly just trying to be like the next person yeah. instead of trying to be their own be person they're trying to be themselves and, like their own be themselves. and that should be like the, the key thing it's just that our appetite for it, like I guess what's new what's popping it's just like it's overwhelming now it is overwhelming bro it's, that's why I mean albums can't stay can't stay on top bro cause like an album come out two weeks later like you looking for the next the next album, you're not even playing that no more. It's at the bottom of your Apple Music or whatever, exactly. bro. You want to the next thing, like nigga, like me, I still be listening to the same. Like, bro, I still listen to Spaceships on the Blade, bro. Like, like the nigga didn't drop more albums after that. I still listen to that, like, bro. That's me for real. Like, another thing is, like, yeah. Also, like, we don't even be having no time to interact with the new shit that's dope that people be putting out. Cause it be hella artists that I know that like, be putting out music. I'm like, damn, man, put out some music. Bro. Give me some time to listen to it. Yeah. Her loss of Drake and Twenty One Savage, like, some of the craziest shit I heard in recent. History. I was fucking with it, but like I didn't fuck with it when it first came out because I'm mm-hmm. still on the same old other shit. You know, what I'm, I'm still same trying to. I said Kendrick album. Yeah, same with same with Young Boy too. Like, yeah. like you'll listen to a Young Boy tape, you probably wouldn't even get to that first Young Boy tape. But they, the nigga already got another project that's thirty songs. Like, bro, yeah. I'm not listening to I'm all that. I'm still on right thirty eight hundred degrees, bro. He like, yeah. three bro, I'm not gonna lie. That's something that makes it hard for me to listen to music a lot, like, cause it be so much music coming out, like it's. So much stuff to listen. So many albums I need to listen to, but it's like I don't even know to start. Time. Some it's yeah. not enough time, bro. Because yeah. I like I be doing other stuff with my time, and it'd be hard, bro. Like exactly. to listen to it. If you want to listen to a new album, you actually gotta like actually sit up and listen to it, bro. You can't exactly. half-ass it, bro. Because if you do, you're not really gonna like the album. You you're not gonna take it in. Like, exactly. Yeah, bro. Another thing I was gonna say. Damn, this shit. My mom was talking about fucking entrepreneurs and alternatives and stuff like that. The biggest shit we didn't see this year that was kind of like a testimony to what Nick was saying. It's the cool Kai shit, bro. Because Nike, it was so fucking hard to get just a pair of regular ones. Them shit's five, six hundred dollars. TikTok ruined like Jordan culture, Air Force ones, all that shit. They ruined now, culture, period. niggas just started fucking with a brand that was black owned, like created by a black man, and just really was for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Really got an HBCU collection, all that shit. Like, really, and a person that really interacts with people that buy his product. And that's the biggest threat to a big ass corporation. Like biggest Nike. threat. Like that's the biggest threat to a big ass because we're gonna buy the alternatives. Like, okay, right. they're not Nikes, they're cool guys, but we fuck with him. He fuck with us. You know what I'm saying? He come to our HBCU. He made these shoes for our HBCU, whether you go to BAMU, whether you go to Howard, mm-hmm. Hampton, like he really made this for us, like for us to buy, for us to have, you know what I'm saying? And it's clean, it's a patent leather shoe. It's glossy, you know what I'm saying? It's fresh. It represents everything about our culture that y'all can't necessarily define, you know what I'm saying? Anybody can slap on a pair, slap a Nike on a pair, one silhouette, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a white, exactly. like like anybody can have them, like, you know what I'm saying? A person from Australia can have them, a white person from Australia can have them, an Asian person can have them, and it's just like, oh, this is just Jordan 1. Like, you don't got these, these custom, nigga, these pastel, like, oh, the colors on them bitches, like, oh, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? And it's created by a person that's black that looks like us, that's 40 advanced front of our people that understand the culture, you know what I'm saying? So that's the thing, like big corporations is just like they're getting undermined by people going to other alternatives. Bro, that's me. That's why like a lot of these corporations are trying to bring students from HBCUs on them, bro. Exactly. Because they they trying to get a dose of that culture. They want yeah. they want to try to steal some of that, bro. Like LJ worked at Nike this past summer, bro. Like one of his homies pulled up who worked with him too. Like he was saying that there was this dude who gave them an idea. It was some some HBCU, I think the HBCU dunks idea. Like he gave him the whole idea for that. Like, mm-hmm. and 
they did not bring him back. That's crazy. They, they took his ideas. They took his ideas, made money off it, but they did not bring him back for a full time role, bro. That's crazy. Like, like they'll they'll use us and then exploit us, bro. That's but but saying. all the black dudes, all the black people who are making stuff like that, like they not thinking like that. They actually for the advancement of our people, bro. So they're not thinking in that selfish. I'm I'm just gonna use you and and, and use your community. I'm actually want to help the community. Yeah, bro. That's the thing. Like with black, like I don't know, like with corporations, they gonna have to like fall or like subside at some point simply because like we want to interact with the people that are just giving us shit. We don't just want to like. Now we kind of like need to know, like about the product that we're buying, and, like yeah. what it does, and like who makes it and shit like that. Like we actually care about that now more than ever. We used to just be able to sell us anything, like potted right. meat. Go ahead, yeah, eat that shit. Like you know what I'm saying. Now we like, who the fuck made this potted meat? Where the fuck you get this meat from? Like what you use to make it? Like all type of shit right. like that. Niggas be got options. Soap, all types of shit now. Like for real, bro. Like yeah, exactly. So, man, it's, it's, it's a lot going on, but people is waking up, bro. People's waking up, businesses waking up, bro. He's like more black businesses is coming about, bro. People are just realizing that they don't need to, they don't need to depend on these big corporations to, to actually to make it, bro. Yeah. And also, we keeping that black dollar in circulation, bro. That's that's, that's what we, that's really what we got to do, bro. If, if we want to advance, bro, we gotta we gotta keep our dollar in circulation, bro, for real. Exactly. Alright, gang. Hey man, it was it was amazing having y'all on, bro. I think this is the longest episode I've ever recorded. And that's saying something because I'll be recording long episodes, bro. But like this, oh, yeah, this, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm glad we glad we can make history, man. Hey, hey, I'm excited to release this, bro. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna release it because I'm I'm backed up with a lot of episodes, bro. But do you man? This, yeah, this, it was this, a pleasure for sure. This gonna be this gonna be crazy. Like the sound bites from this episode is about to be wild, bro. Like, oh yeah, like man, this man. this is like a perfect like TikTok well, social media episode that I could really that people really gonna like what I what's yeah. what's what's gonna be on there, bro. So sure, yeah. I appreciate y'all, man. Like, I appreciate y'all. you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Sir, my brother. I appreciate both of y'all Sir. coming, man. And as long as we say, as long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent. Black Lotus out. Josiah out. We gone.